The views expressed on this episode of My Take Radio do not reflect the views, thoughts, or feelings of the My Take Radio staff, My Take Radio advertisers, or My Take Radio content partners. Listener and viewer discretion is advised. This coverage is live and uncensored, so if you have any small children present, you may want to have them leave the room. What's up, guys? My Take Radio, episode 234 for Thursday, July 3rd, 2014. I'm your host, Rich, and our caller number is 347-324-3541. Again, that caller number 347-324-3541. If this is your first time tuning into MTR, My Take Radio is a variety show covering the latest and greatest news and opinions from the worlds of MMA, professional wrestling, video games, and entertainment. As always, if you want to participate, again, you can hit up our call-in number, 347-324-3541. Again, call-in number, 347-324-3541. You can also participate in our chat room by either heading to gfqlive.tv or mtrlive.com. All right, so I'm I'm really pumped to be back, super excited to be back after a, a, a week off, Um it was a crazy week last week. We had a couple of things going on. Uh, my father-in-law was moving down to Florida. We were uh, working Consumer Electronics Week. Shout out to Slick for stepping up and being my, my right hand for that event. Uh, we put in a lot of work. We got a lot of cool stuff on the horizon. We got a lot of great giveaways and a lot of awesome stuff in the future. And we are looking forward to sharing it with you guys, especially uh, next week. Next week is the MTR five-year anniversary. Five years ago, uh, July 9th, 2009, My Take Radio went on air in a live format officially. Um, it's been a great road, a great journey. So many of you guys have been incredibly supportive along the way. I've made a lot of great friends and colleagues and, you know, just very grateful for being on this road for so long and you guys tuning in every week to hear my insane rambling. So um, next week, like I said, for MTR 235, it'll be our five year anniversary show. We're going to try and get some of our MTR mainstays, a lot of our longtime fans, a lot of our longtime guests and friends to come on board. We're also going to, of course, try and get most of the MTR team involved as best as possible, schedule permitting. Um, individuals that aren't involved next week, you'll probably hear from them tonight. Uh, ben will probably be stopping in to talk some MMA. We had two UFC cars this past weekend, so we got a lot to discuss on that front. In addition to that, of course, we got Money in the Bank, WWE Raw, which I'm sure um, Jay Santee will be joining us along with uh, Quark and Blade. And, you know, one of the things with this is that 
so many people have come and gone and been involved in MTR that we're going to try and make next week uh, just uh, as best as possible. We're going to try and do so much awesome stuff just because it's, you know, it's one of those things where I really felt that, and I said this before, that I was going to throw in the towel at the beginning of the year because, you know, it's just a, it's just a very arduous and very uh, stressful thing to do, especially trying to manage uh, the real world. But again, very, very happy to give you guys five years of audio, uh, great interviews and stuff. And, and, and like the Silva said, here's, here's to five years more. And, um, before I get into that, I do want to talk a little bit about consumer electronics week, uh, just a little bit. Um, like I said, consumer electronics week was pretty much the entire week. Last week, we met with some really great companies, some really great technology was on display. We got to visit, um, with our friends at Intel, and, you know, we worked with our colleague Danny from Royal Flush Magazine to see all the great product innovations that Intel was working on. In addition to that, of course, like I said, Consumer Electronics Week was amazing from start to finish, from meeting the president of Monster, um, not Monster, the energy drink, but Monster, the headphone, uh, the headphone company, and just dealing with so many great and passionate uh, technology enthusiasts, you know, along with, with Slick and myself, plus so many great companies just showing off, showing off some awesome stuff. Uh, one of the companies is, um, got to reach down for this is Damson. They, uh, we met them last year at consumer electronics week and they were a really cool company and they were kind enough last year to give us a Damson twist speaker. It is a Bluetooth speaker. Really awesome. Uh, we reviewed it on MyTakeRadio.com, and we met with them this year to see some of their new product offerings. And I realized that I had a second uh, Damson Twist speaker here in, you know, MTRHQ, along with a bunch of other stuff. So I figure, you know, as a, as a token of my appreciation to you guys for all your hard work, um, you know, all, all your support over the last five years, we're going to be giving away some giveaways. So one of the first giveaways we will be doing next week is this Damson Bluetooth speaker. Let me try and get it in as close as possible so you guys can take a look. Uh, this one is silver, and we will be giving one away uh, next week. Who knows? Maybe we'll give away two. Also, got a uh, SoundPop Bluetooth waterproof speaker. You can stick this one with suction in your shower if you're into that shit. It's also a speakerphone. We're going to give that away next week. And we're going to be doing that all throughout the show next week, just um, through audience participation, call-ins, whatever the case may be. So again, uh, just a token of my appreciation for you, for your continued support. We will be doing that next week. Uh, besides that, um, a couple of things. Slick got his, got ran over by the president of Monster, who did the entire uh, press conference at CE Week on a Segway. Not only was it, it wasn't, it wasn't just any old Segway, it was a Segway with rims on it. Just saying. So, yeah, uh, definitely an interesting time. I really I really had a blast covering it, covering the event with Slick and um, Slick and I were talking about uh, CES in January. And who knows? Maybe uh, something cool will happen for that as well. Uh, one thing I did want to discuss, and it was a message I had received on Facebook, was about uh, the interview series that we've been doing, which is MTR behind the mic and MTR beyond the mic. Of course, if you have an official My Take Radio app, you get access to that content uh, before the general public does. But uh, interestingly enough, I was talking with our friends at Libsyn about possibly making the My Take Radio app free. And I've discussed this before. 
but it's looking like it's going to be a possibility within the next couple of months. Uh, once we finalize everything, the MTR app will be free. If all goes according to plan, you'll be able to get it for free for iOS, Android, Windows Mobile from either the Amazon Marketplace, Google Play Store, you name it, it's going to be there and it's going to be the almighty zero dollars. But until then, of course, you know, it's going to be a dollar ninety nine and that dollar ninety nine. You guys may not think it's a lot, but it adds up. It goes towards getting new equipment, getting tons of new stuff for the show and for the site as well. So don't think for one second that it's just, um, you know, uh, lining pockets. It's covering hosting and tons of other stuff. So just want to let you guys know that, of course, those of you that are supporting us via Patreon, Javon Lewis, shout out to him for his continued support. Um, our Patreon campaign is very cool. If you want to get involved, it's basically almost like you are donating, but this works a little different because it's on a per episode basis. We have two very simple tiers, $1 or 5 bucks. And what happens is for every episode we upload on Patreon, you donate a dollar. So obviously four weeks in a month, four episodes in a month, four bucks. That's it. Um, also, if you do the five, the $5 tier, you can get a Patreon credit on our video episodes, which, you know, is a nice little perk. And of course, if you do the dollar tier, we will make sure to give you a shout out on air as a token of our appreciation. You can check that out by heading over to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash My Take Radio if you're interested in learning more. All right. So like I said, um, lots lots on tap this week. Two UFC cards. We got, uh, like I said, Money in the Bank, Raw, all the gaming news, all the entertainment news, plus your calls. So let's get the ball rolling. I know I saw Ben in the chat room. So again, if you want to participate, 347-324-3541. Let's talk some MMA. As always, My Take Radio's MMA segment is brought to you by our friends at MMAWarehouse.com. Get the latest and greatest MMA gear, including your official Chris Weidman t-shirt for UFC 175 at MMAWarehouse.com. Of course, you can also help MTR by checking out the MMA Warehouse banners throughout MyTakeRadio.com and on all our MMA articles as well. So, last week was a crazy week for MMA. We had uh, the international card... In New Zealand, and we also had the the fight night card later on this evening. Then, of course, we got UFC 175 this weekend, plus World Series of Fighting. It is it is a crazy time in the sport for multiple reasons. Of course, first and foremost is the fact that we are dealing with, and this is the thing that's crazy, we're dealing with a very, very weird uh, point uh, in MMA in, in the sense that this has happened with wrestling where, you know, we hit those moments of stagnation where overall, you know, the product just isn't the same. And it's being reflected across all platforms. Social media being uh, addressed, of, of course, via pay-per-view buy rates, etc. It's just not in the same place it was two years ago. And I'm going to get into that with Ben when I bring him on. But I do feel that um, this past weekend's dual UFC card really validated that because 
at the end of the day, you got basically a UFC card that no one got to see. And then you had a UFC card, which was good. But unless you really took the time to follow the sport or be on the lookout for promotion, it did not get promoted the way I thought it should. But again, I digress. All energies are focused on UFC 175, obviously, because, you know, UFC poster child Ronda Rousey is defending her belt. Plus, of course, Weidman is defending his title as well. So let me bring Ben on. I see Ben is in the queue and we can get this ball rolling. Big Ben, what's up, dude? What's up, man? Dude, we got we had a twofer last week. Did you get to see both cards, or did yeah, you end up just one of the seeing... cards I didn't see like four days later? <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy, man. That New Zealand card was bug was crazy. You know, it Jay, was pretty good. It, it was no surprisingly good. <laughs> well, the thing that gets me is it, it was a good card, and it was a card that was so good that no one got to enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, it was. I had I had literally uh forgotten it even existed until like they kept mentioning it on the uh Cub Swanson's card. So that's when I went back and looked at it, but I forgot it even happened. Yeah, it was it was nuts, man. And I mean most of the fights were pretty pretty solid. I was bummed to see Hatsuhioki lose to Charles Oliveira via Anaconda choke. Um I expected Hatsuhioki to do well in that fight, but it's weird, man. A lot like I, like, and we've talked about this before. Just the Japanese guys have issue transitioning, and um, it showed. Yeah, I, yeah. It was, it was a good. It was a really good, uh, aggressive uh, back and forth jujitsu fight. Um, uh, Charles Arvella broke out that. Uh, I it didn't really look like an anaconda choke. More looked like like a uh, kind of an inverted guillotine. Yeah, a little bit. It was. It was a really. Yeah, it was it was a really good fight. Um, I was impressed with it all over there. It sucks that uh, Hiyoki hasn't really panned out in the UFC, but um, I think Oliveira has a bright future. Yeah, Oliveira looked really good, and I was I was thoroughly impressed at considering that, like I said, the card had minimal press, and they really didn't start pushing it till pretty much days before i was like well gee you know you guys don't give a shit at all and um that that truly was the case but the thing that got me was the fact that when you when you watch the card like i ended up watching it like you a day or two later i just said to myself see this is where the ufc's whole network strategy is has taken a complete dump because it's like if you had this platform available on consoles you know the right places where people can access the content it would you'd probably get better better response versus you know having to sit in front of your computer or you know whatever the case may be you know like they're not going they're not being as aggressive promoting it if it's available on other services yeah like i i, I didn't see like the only way you even knew this card existed is if you had fight pass and i don't have fight pass so right. that that's really the only way you know so many so many fight pass cards even exist because I don't a lot of times I don't hear about them until days later when um like I'm on a MMA website or a sports website and I'm seeing results from a car I didn't even know existed yep because they're not even promoting it right like in the old days you know you had uh UFC countdown you'd have the right amount of videos it seems that what the UFC started to do is just really embrace social media, but not in the sense of leveraging it for their cards. Like what they're doing, if, if you've noticed, they're doing a lot of vlogging, 
a lot of really tight block, uh, a lot of really tight vlogs, um, a lot of tight stuff from Dana White. So, you know, that that's all well and good, but it's not it's not doing anything to make us want to to invest in the product itself. It's like, oh, great. You know, we can watch these these diaries on YouTube. Like, dude, you're not making any money. You're not getting anybody invested because all they're doing is getting the content for free. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I really don't know what their what their game plan is. They, they're doing some weird things. I don't think. Oh, excuse me. They're doing some strange things. Um, I don't think they're losing money or anything, but it's just it's strange the way they're promoting these cars, these, these Fight Night cars, and not telling anyone they even happened. Yep. And it, it's just really strange that um, they're doing that, but. I guess the reason, one of the reasons they're doing it, because I think some of these finite cars come on regular network TV in other countries. Right. So they're not really meant for us to really care about, I guess. Well, it was funny because one of the guys I work with, he said, you know what kills me? He said, the thing that gets me with this stuff is that you want to get the sports scene, you want to get the sport noticed, and you're doing all these cards, but it feels like, they like they knew UFC 175 is where it's at. Like they just tossed these cards out there because they were on the calendar and they were on the docket. But all energy was forced on UFC 175, and I, and you can tell, you can tell everything that they've talked about, everything that's been done was all about UFC 175. You know, that that's that's their big summer card. Yep, like that's what gets me. It's like hey. You know, uh, oh, we got two fights in one. We got two cards in one day. Yeah, that's fine. But let's let me tell you about UFC 175. You know, let me tell you about Ronda defending her belt or let me tell you about Weidman, which is good for Weidman and it's good for Rousey. But imagine if you're you're a guy like Nate Marquardt, who's not a scrub. You know what I mean? He's not a can. And it's like, dude, did anybody see me fight? Like, does everybody got to watch my (laughs) Does that, people got to watch my fights on YouTube? According to Wikipedia, this card, the total gate on this card was $913,000. That doesn't surprise me at all. That was the gate for this card. You see you see where the fucking problem is? I don't, I mean, I, I guess they feel like they, they've got to slowly build up this fight past stuff in other countries because they really don't, promote these cars it's it's really strange to just have a card happen and no one really know about it yep it's 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 insanity i i do i you know most of the fights like i said were very good but i do want to talk about nate marquard and james tahuna's fight which was the main event Mm -hmm. james james tahuna had an amazing entrance the maori war dance entrance was amazing just blew my mind when i saw it because you know you see that and you're like wow this is awesome and stuff like that again you need to see that on like television because that looks amazing. Yeah, James Hunter, that's not even the first time he's done something. Yeah, like that. I know. Can't remember what card it was. Um I think when he fought Ryan Gimmo, he came out and him and his um trainers and stuff, uh, to the Men in Black song and they did the the dance from the video. Uh, the Men in Black dance from the video with suits and everything, with ripaway suits. Uh, Jason Hula had some cool interests. I know that Dana White is real adverse to elaborate interests. It's something that he right. kind of, as soon as Zufa bought the UFC, they kind of made a point to like take them away. But I, I think they don't have to go full WWE theatrics. No, no, no. But I think like stuff like that, um, 
would be cool. Like just little things like that. Give the interest a little bit more personality than people just walking out. Yeah, dude. Like, like, like a little indoor pyro. If it's a hometown guy, like, like, you know, if it's the main event and it's GSP fighting in Canada, you know, you do a little red, white, you know, Canadian fireworks or some shit, you know, something. I'm not saying like not to do it for both guys, but just be like, Hey, it's our main event and just make it feel, give it that big fight feel, you know, like, it's just like, all right, here's your 30-second song clip. Get ready to rock and roll, and that's it. And and, and that's great, but yeah. it's showmanship and theatricality. It's like take as much as people shit on boxing, boxing does a good job with that depending on who's fighting. Hell, look at Floyd Mayweather's last yep. <laughs> I don't know what the hell was going on, but it was elaborate as shit. There's <laughs> clowns and all sorts of shit. Uh, I, don't, was crazy. I don't know what was going on, but he he did that. I mean, and it was it it made you feel like you were watching an event, not just a fight. Yep, it was it was good, and man. I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, even um, John Jones's last interest when he did Ray Lewis's dance. Yep, I thought that was a nice little touch. I mean, just just little things to make people care, like right. make it seem more like you're watching something important. Absolutely. Um, here's the thing. Nate Marquardt again shows why he's still one of the better guys on that roster. You know, it's very easy to write him off because the guy's been fighting for years, but he's, he still can make a, a dent in, in, in any division he's in. And what I've noticed is with the departures of, of Anderson Silva, well, not the departures, but you know, the, the removal of Anderson Silva, GSP, all these guys, guys are realizing, Hey, there's a very big void that not even the champions can fill. Yeah, no, I I feel it the same way. Um, I don't think Nate Marquardt really at 185. I mean, I think Nate Marquardt is a really good 185. I think he's better at 185 than he is at 170. Yep. More uh, power. He's got more power. It's kind of freaky how much bigger James Ahuna was than him. Yep. Um, but he he still came out and 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 beat him. Um, I don't think Nate Marquardt beats any of the top level 185ers, but I think he he's better suited at 185. And I agree with you though. Like the void at the top, it both divisions are more interesting now because yep. I think Luke Alco. I mean not Luke Alco. I think uh, Chris Wyman can lose. In fact, I think he's going to lose Saturday. But wow. I think he can lose. Like you never felt that way with Anderson Silva. Nope. You always felt like, oh, he's this is this is just a, a give me win. Same thing with GSP. I think Johnny Hendricks can lose. Um, so it's, I mean, hell, in John Hendricks' first title defense, you, it, or to get the title, it looked like he was going to lose. So it, it's just more fun now that the champions are um, gone, really. Well, the thing is, uh, the, the, the champions are, it, it's weird because the champions are still effective and they're still the, the cornerstones of your division. But what's happening is and guys are realizing that the marketing hype behind those champions is weaker. So what they're doing is they're figuring, fuck, you know, I got this opportunity to really get known because the PR for the guys that have the belts is weak as shit. That's why when Nick Diaz delivers the smallest soundbite about fighting, it is everywhere. Or as soon as they're like, oh, Anderson Silva started sparring with his bad leg. Everybody's like, oh, you know, like that was, you know, how many websites, how many places reported that was fuck. It was on the on the, on the cover of Yahoo News. You know Yahoo Sports, because that's that because everyone knows that the void is there. From that standpoint, it's kind of UFC's fault. They haven't yep. done a good job marketing. Nope. The new guys, they they haven't done a really good job. The UFC's um, whole thing where the the UFC is more important 
than the particular fighters is fine, but you need to build up your superstars. This can't be run like the NFL because this is not nope. this is an individual sport. You need to build up superstars for people to want to watch. And um, I think that's one of their mistakes is they're, they're really, they, they seem to be real, real, we, they, they seem to want to build up the, the UFC more than they want to build up individual fighters. That's correct. And it's funny because Jay writes uh, T minus 10 to the, to the Rousey mention. First of all, I mentioned her already, Jay, so you're too late. Second of all, it's, it's funny that he brings her up because, dude, Weidman has the best story going into this card. But does anybody know that? No. <laughs> exactly. Like, I just, you know, I, no one, no one knows. It. No one <laughs> Poor knows. Weidman, dude. Poor Weidman. I feel bad. It's like, it's like, dude, you have the worst luck in the world. Like, and, and, and you know what's crazy? And, and, and it's going to sound fucked up. But if Machida beats him, people will forget Weidman was even champion. You know how fucked up yeah, that is? I mean, well, I, I think he'll be remembered as just the guy who beat. Right, who Anderson retired Silver, Anderson like, Silva. <laughs> I, I, and it's, unfair, it's really unfair to him, but his wins over Anderson Silva, neither one of them are going to be looked at as yep. really legitimate. Like, the first fight... He wasn't winning that decisively. Anson Silva kind of fucked around and got caught. I, mean, I don't want to say he lost it for himself, but he fucked around and got himself knocked out. He did. The second fight, though he did drop Anson Silva in the first round, I think Chris Ronald would have went on to win that fight. Yep. The way Anson Silva just broke his leg kind of makes the win like, okay, well, you still didn't really beat him. Well, you and I had you know a. What I mean? Well, yeah, and, you you and I had a, ga- a laugh about that a couple of months back because I said it's like, yo, imagine just walking through your entire career knowing, like, yo, I could beat this dude. I know I could beat this dude, but karma keeps getting in the fucking way. Yeah, because I mean, I think Chris Wilder can beat Anderson Silva now. Yep, like absolutely. I mean, I look if he hadn't broken his leg, I think he would have beaten him. I think he probably would have. I don't know about knocked around again, but he he probably would have beaten him. Yep. But we won't know that, and he can't show that because. Fluke incident broke his leg. Yep. And even if, even if for argument's sake, he fights Anderson Silva when he comes back down the road, if if mm-hmm. Anderson Silva loot, if he beats him, he's gonna be like, "Well, you weren't fighting a prime Anderson Silva." You know that that's the problem. Exactly. Like he's in such a weird place. Same thing with GSP. Like GSP left, he got the ACL reconstructed. He could come back. Say say you know Hendricks fights him again, and. Hendricks wins decisively. Oh, well, you weren't fighting a, a prime GSP. You were pro- fighting a GSP that was coming off a layoff. You were fighting a GSP that coming off knee surgery. It, 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 that, that, I feel That's why I said I feel bad for these guys that are champions because they have not asterisks, but they just have questionable, they have questionable wins now. Well, for, for, for Johnny Hendricks, I don't think his first one was questionable. I personally think Johnny Hendricks won four or five rounds against GSP the first time they fought. Right. But, um, but it, but I, I get what you're saying. Like it's still like okay, well you didn't fight him at his peak. Yep. And that hurts you. So right, like Nick Diaz, he was like, "Yo, it's I'll tough. fight Anderson Silva because Nick Diaz is trying to get paid. He knows if he fights Anderson Silva, that's a money fight." See, Nick Diaz did it right. He's like, "Yo, I'll fight Anderson Silva because that's a fight that's like a wish list fight." You know what I mean? As a professional fighter, especially at that point, you're just like, yo, I just want to get paid, have these awesome fights, give people memories, and call it a day. 
Yeah, and and I think I mean for a comeback fight for both of them, I mean I think that's a fight that would sell. Absolutely, that fight, and that will probably be the fight that Nick Diaz gets. You know that that elusive, you know, million, you know, multi million dollar payday that he's always complaining about. <laughs> Poor bastard. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, he uh, he ain't about to get a million dollars. He can, him and his brother can give that up, but <laughs> he trying, dude. I I can't I can't even blame the dude. But I I want I want to switch gears and and go into the 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 regular TV card, which um, Cub Swanson, okay. Jeremy Jeremy Stevens, uh, really really solid fight. Cub Swanson really made a statement. In that you know, in that fight, he looked really good. He looked incredibly dangerous. Uh, definitely a guy that can get back in there for title contention. What'd you think of the fight? I was I was thoroughly impressed with the way it went down. Yeah, I was really impressed with Cub. Uh, he looked really really good. Looked looked a more a little bit more hittable than he has in a while. True. Um, that might just be Jeremy Stevens, um, but um, hitting him. But he he looked good. He he hurt Jeremy Stevens a couple times to the yep. body. Um, I think three or four times really to the body. Um, he he looked really good. Um, I don't think he beat Jose Aldo. I think he has a better chance of beating Chad Mendes, but I don't think he beats Jose Aldo. But I think I think he deserves the shot at whoever's next. This is seven wins in a row for him. Yep. So I think he deserves a shot at whoever wins that fight. Well, you know what's funny? That fight was incredibly good, and and even the the the, Kel, the Kelvin Gastelum fight was good. But I was I felt I was upset for that dude because I'm like, dude, you fucked yourself. Cause it's like, you 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 came in overweight, you gave up your purse, and you couldn't get the fight of the night bonus, and you had a good performance. Like like, dude, it was just it was just Murphy's Law ev- all over the place. Yeah, he's he's actually missed weight. I think the last couple times, I think he's got to get himself with a with a Mike Dolce or yep. Or something. I think he was with Mike Dolce. He was like apparently it was too expensive or something. Oh, like that. dude, that he's he's got to bite that bullet and. And, and and use him. I I love that you brought that up because Mike Dolce, um, he he released a statement about that, and it created the mm-hmm. firestorm of firestorms this week because he said, like, yo, you out there spending money on management, and management is taking twenty percent of your cut, you know, twenty percent of your fight money, and it, he was saying he's like, instead of worrying about spending money on managers, why don't you spend money on trainers and training partners and dietitians? <laughs> And the shit you need, you know, and I and I and you know even and he's right because he said he's like there's too many shitty managers and and he's like no disrespect to the good ones but he's like if you want to renegotiate your contract hire a lawyer you pay them once and that's it. Yeah, I mean to be perfectly, I mean, you, I think the bigger time fighters need managers, but when you're when you're at Kevin Gaston's level or something like that, you I don't feel like you need. Uh, uh, manager, like, and that's just twenty percent of your purse that you don't need to give up right now. Yep. You can give that to to make make yourself a better fighter first, and then once you become a better fighter and you get to that level where you need some, a manager to set stuff up for you, that's when you get a manager. But like right now, at this point in his career, I think he should be focusing on just winning fights and making weight. Yeah, because that's that's the thing, and it was funny because there were there were different managers like um like like Brian Butler from Sucker Punch. Um, he he uh, reached out to Mike Dolce and stuff, and it was weird the way that a lot of managers reacted. And he was he said, you know, he kind of prefaced it like, "Listen, I'm not saying all of you guys are shit, but let's be real. 
There's a lot of you motherfuckers that are that are shit that you're these fighters aren't spending money to get the best training facilities, the best trainers, the best dietitians, the best everything. Because at the end of the day, all that money you're reinvesting it into yourself. Like, not even trying to be an asshole, but think about it. You're in the gym. It's like um you ever heard that when they talk about basketball players like yo your 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 baby your baby mom ain't in there shooting hoops with you. Yeah. And that's the same it's like oh your ma- <laughs> It's like yo your manager's not in there rolling with you getting punched in the fa- it's it very rarely unless it's like a guy who who manages in fights but most times it's like yo it's just a dude collecting 20% because he got you sponsored by Condom Depot. <laughs> like really like all right. <laughs> Like, like, thanks, dude. Thanks. You know, I have Condom Depot on, 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 on my ass and, and, you know, Bob's, Bob's, Bob's Burger Shack on, on, on my left leg. I appreciate it, but couldn't I have done it myself? <laughs> you know, like. No, I agree with you. It's, uh, it's, he just needs to make weight. That's the big thing with him. He just needs to make weight because he's good enough to, to, to do some things. Yep. And Dana White's gonna get tired of that shit. He's gonna be like, dude, really? You won you won the ultimate fighter and you can't even make fucking weight. What the fuck's wrong with you? Like this is this is the problem with a lot of these fighters that they, they come in overweight or whatever. It's like you're damaging yourself because you're 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 if you're skimping out because you don't want to get a dietitian because you're worried about having to pay out all this other money to everybody else, then somebody needs to hit the bricks. You know, it's easy as that. It's like, it's like, yo, if you have a problem cutting weight and you know you have a problem, if you can't put that donut down or whatever the case may be, then you need to get in there and spend the money on a dietitian, somebody that will yell at you. Yo, what are you doing? Yeah, um, basically, like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what else to say about it. He needs to make a, make sure that he is taking care of the fight part. That's the most yep. important part. Well, DeSova says, to be fair, though, you do need someone managing you, but someone you can trust. That way you can focus on training. And I agree. I don't I don't feel that managers are not necessary. But again, it's what we were just talking about. You got to weigh it out. Dietitian, because I'm a fat ass, manager to get me Condom Depot. I'd rather have no fucking sponsors on my tights and go out there and fuck people up and let the sponsors come for me then have a guy get me two sponsors, then I got to give him 20%, and what if the sponsor decides to not pay me? The fuck, which we know, you and I have talked about that. Doesn't mean shit. It's like, you've got to take care of what's important. It's like, if you need a manager, at least there should be guys out there that are reputable. You know the usual suspects, and the guys that manage winners are going to cost you bread. But if it's a dude that, you know, he corners uh, a chick that does oil wrestling on the weekends and an arm wrestling guy that, that that competes on the local level and maybe like one powerlifting dude and maybe three MMA fighters and he's like, yeah, you're going to give me 20%. I tell him to go fuck himself. Like, dude, are you crazy? I'm giving you 20%. I'm in there getting punched in the face and you want 20% of whatever, $10,000 I just made. You out of your fucking basically <laughs> i'm not with all that paying people <laughs> no nah, not, not like that dude but um the other fight i did want to talk about was uh ricardo lamas and Hakron diaz looked 
you know, Ricardo Lamas, again, another dangerous featherweight, looked really good in there, um, really, really working, working the body, especially in that second round. Um, good knees to the body on the break to close things out. A lot, a lot of hardcore exchanges. Um, Hakron Diaz definitely not a slouch. Yeah, I mean uh, it was a good fight. Um, it, it sucks for Ricardo Lamas that he's already lost to Jose Aldo, but I think he keeps winning, and, and Jose Aldo is eventually going to move up. So um, at some point, I think he'll get his another shot at, at, at a, a title because uh, he's too good to keep away from. There you go. All right, so let's uh, jump into the MMA news for this week. Um, first up, of course, uh, UFC announced, get this, their year-end pay-per-view, which you know would, it's, would take place right at the end of December, is now taking place January 3rd, 2015, which would in, in turn not make it an end-of-the-year pay-per-view. But um, the reason is because <laughs> the Christmas falls on a Thursday and they didn't want to host a show two days afterwards. So... You know, I mean, I mean, it's nice of them to do that, but at this point, you shouldn't even say, "Hey, this is an end of the year card." It's like, yo, our first card of twenty fifteen. <laughs> Seriously, uh, well, they they feel like they need to be like, "Hey, we need to call this a year in card" because that's kind of a big thing for them. Yeah, well, I, at that point, it's like, yo, two days after Christmas, just give people fight pass for free that weekend. <laughs> yo, everybody gets fight pass yeah. for free. Watch all the shit you missed during the year. Fucked up as a <laughs> shit. Dude, yeah. I, I, I mean, take it that. It would be nice to see some of that stuff. <laughs> so. Without having to get it illegally. <laughs> yeah, of course. Well, or, or you know, wander into some random, some random, you know, Texas Roadhouse or Buffalo Wild Wings that might be given the shit played off of somebody's laptop plugged into a big screen. Because I've, I've <laughs> seen that. Not to say. I'm not going to say where I've seen it, but I've seen it. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. But, um, wow. yeah, yeah, dude, it's hard times out there. But, um, Chael, man, Chael's in the news again this week. And, um, bad, bad things happen to Chael. And it's weird because he failed a, a, another random drug test that they had him take. Um, on June 5th, he was found with HGH, EPO, anastrozole, and HCG in his system. Now, you know, HGH, obviously, we know to build muscle and, you know, get bigger or recover faster. Um, the EPOs to increase stamina. And it's one of the drugs that, that they accuse Lance Armstrong of using during the doping scandal. Then of course, HCG, which, um, you know, Chael admitted to using before. It's just a fucking clusterfuck for this dude. And the thing that gets me is if the dude retired and he had already been popped, like why, why just, why just dig the hole deeper? Not like, not to say that the commission didn't have to report that, but on a, on a realistic level, what did they hope to accomplish other than getting the guy uh, fired from his Fox Sports contract or released from his Fox Sports contract? Where where do you stand on this? Because me personally, I'm like, oh, the dude, the dude admitted that he needed the shit. He had medical reasoning for most of that shit, and whatever. If he didn't, fuck it. He's retired. What are you gonna do? Yeah, like, um, though it bothers me and it kind of points to the fact of something I, I've said about him before is I thought he was cheating for a while. Right. Uh, it bothers me that, uh, for, for that reason, um, it, it is a bit weird that they even decided to release this. Like, right. there was no reason at this point to release it because he wasn't fighting against. Nope. He had basically, he had said he retired. So, 
I, I'm sure eventually it would have been found out. Eventually, somebody would have dug up like, hey, you know, Chell was on ECH and all this other stuff. Um, but it's it, it's just strange. It's really strange to me that you decide, hey, let's uh, let's let's release this, and get this guy in trouble, basically. Because at that point, it gave the UFC no choice, yep. and for us, no choice but to be like, look, man, you got basically we have to let you go. Like there's yep. nothing else we can do because now it looks like we're, we're employing somebody enabling. Who's, who's seeing his whole career. Yep. Like we're enabling the, and the shit that bothered me besides that was, was the shit like, like Brian Stan coming out. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like, dude, don't no. Let, let me, this is the way I see it. When you punch people in the face for a living, when your job is to separate people from their fucking consciousness and at times allow them to possibly see God when their eyes are closed, don't pass judgment on nobody. You know what I mean? Like, don't do it. Because at that at that point, when something fucked up happens to you, they're going to be like, oh, well, weren't you the guy that said X, Y, and Z? You know what I mean? Like, you reap what you sow. It's like, yo, the dude got popped. Don't, don't need to... It's like, we get it. You're going to benefit because you're going to get to be on TV more because... You know, Chael lost his gig, but dude, come on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, it, I, I don't feel like he even really lied. He didn't lie. Honest. Like, <laughs> I don't think he lied to anybody. He just at that point, there was no reason to tell anybody he was using. Like, yep. Well, like, what's it the point? Matter. And Brian said, "I mean, I get what he was getting at, but it'd be different if they got him why." He, on his, his right. way to a fight, like yep. to actually fight. That's exactly um, it. Which I, I guess they were testing him during the time to actually fight, but I don't know. I just don't feel like there was any need to present that. Well, the shit that got me was he got tested for the July 5th fight against Vanderlei. Um, he got tested uh, June 5th. So he retired mm-hmm. June 11th. Dude, I, I, he, dude already knew from the May test that he was done. Like, like he probably yeah, knew so. from the May test, like, yo, they, they, they're probably going to find this shit and it's a wrap for me. And that's it, you know? But it just kills me because, like, Dana White said, he's like, yo, that's the hardest shit I had to do. Because he's like, yo, here's this dude, makes me money, is a good analyst, Fox loves this guy. And it's like, Fox was like, yo, we got to cut this guy loose because, you know, does it shit, shit don't look good. Especially, you know, in a situation where... You know, you're trying to get the sport recognized on a national level. And it's funny because a lot of guys, you know, Front Row Brian on Twitter, a couple of guys, they were like, yo, man, it's not like Chael can't go anywhere right now and get and get scooped up immediately. I mean, everybody was like, oh, is he going to compete at Metamorris? And, and, and Metamorris put out a statement. They're like, listen, we don't know the specifics about, um, you know, human growth hormone or or, or the specifics about um hormone replacement therapy the the, the, the statement they released was perfect because they were like listen you could cheat if you want to cheat but tapping out is tapping out you could be the biggest motherfucker in the room and if i crank your neck you're gonna whine like a girl <laughs> that was that was it in a nutshell i was like well shit okay you know yeah i mean i, I mean i don't think him i don't think it helps him in performing in metamorphosis Nope. Um, at all. Nope. Um, but I mean, you know, I, I'm sure he, I, I don't think Joe's going to be like without anything he can do for a while. Yeah. Like I think that is false. 
Yep, everybody's like, yo, like I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if, if WWE offered him the deal now, because dude, they, he'd be, he'd make a great color commentator. I mean, if they know about the the, the human growth hormone, they'd be like, dude, you you can't you can't you know you can't wrestle, <laughs> you can't wrestle because it'll just look fucked up if we let you wrestle because we suspend motherfuckers for this. Well, correction, we suspend some guys for this, <laughs> like. So in that case, he'd make a great color commentator. You know, Bellator would scoop him up immediately. You know, Scott Coker's probably like, shit, how much bread would it cost to get this dude over here? Yeah, I mean, I kind of, I have a hard time believing that he would decide to go to Bellator. But, um, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. (laughs) It wouldn't wouldn't surprise me in the slightest, so. Yeah, so, you know, it's just a crazy story to talk about because the last time you were on, it's like, yo, he got popped and the story, he retired. Now it's like, yo, he got popped after the fact. Dude is still retired, but yet, you know, now he's unemployed. Well, he's unemployed in quotes, you know? It's crazy. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, I'm ne- I've never been the hugest of Chelsea fans. But of course, I, I know. The way that it was brought up like there was no reason for them to go go out of their way to to bring it up nope but but i think the problem in chael's case was that an example needed to be made and you know if i if i if i were a vitor right now dude i'd be quaking in my fucking boots right now i would be quaking in my boots Man. because they're searching the darkest deepest recesses of, of of your fucking urine and blood to find something wrong with you I'm surprised that this wasn't about me, Tori. I'm telling you, it's it's craziness. But um, I gotta I gotta at least go on to a lighter note uh, and some good news for MMA. Mm-hmm. Anthony Pettis got a Reebok sponsorship, and I'm hearing that he may be the first mixed martial artist on the cover of Wheaties. Uh, yeah, I read that. Um, it's that crazy. Would be, that would be really cool. Um, it, I mean, it's it's MMA is slowly but surely going more and more mainstream. Yep. <laughs> It's funny, though, because, you know, no disrespect on Reebok, because don't get me wrong, you know, they made a, a awesome pe- a set, set of Allen Iverson sneakers, and I, I love the Reebok pumps, but it's weird, you know, when a dude goes, yo, I got a Reebok deal, you're like, really? You know what I mean? Like, it sounds, it sounds terrible to say, but it's like, you got a Reebok deal, you know? Great. <laughs> like it, it's weird. I mean, you know, again, no disrespect to Reebok, because I, I'd, I'd still rock a pair of D Brown pumps, right now at you know 34 years old but it's just weird because you know you're so used to hearing a nike deal a under armor deal that's why like with the nba too i i I get tripped out when they're like yo dude dude got sneakers from lining i'd be like from who (laughs) yeah lining i i've yet to see anyone actually wearing any liming sneakers except the nba players that were sponsored that's it (laughs) like the starbury sneakers from from Stephen Barry's, I'm like, yeah, okay. You know who used to wear the Starbury sneakers? The security guard that did security in my building. <laughs> you know, like, like it was, it was like that. Like it just, it, it just feels weird. But it, it, like you just said, it's, it's great for the sport. You know, seeing, seeing these guys being embraced. Like, like Wheaties is a big deal. You know, like I think Wheaties is a bigger deal than Reebok because when you make it on onto a Wheaties box, like yo, you've made it as an athlete. Yeah. Um, th- there's not a, min- a, a many dudes that have, um, 
especially from MMA that have been on the shoe. Like, it's it's really cool. I mean, not shoe, excuse me. On the uh, Weeby Boss, it's really cool that um, they he might be on those. Like that that that'd be dope. Yeah, it would be. It would be fantastic. You know what's funny though that with with all that with all that press, like like hearing that you would have thought the press would have made a bigger deal of that because, again, it's it's something big. It's something historically significant. Dude, I saw that in, like, a news feed for, like, MMA fighting, and it was on the bottom of a different article I read. Like, you would think that they would be screaming it from the from the, from the the mountaintops, like, yo, you know, this is huge. Or, or, you know, but it's like, no, yeah, you know, he's on it. Somebody, this dude on Twitter, and, and, and I thought of you because you always talk about like people just sometimes hating for no reason dude was like they put anthony pettis on the box because he's the prettiest fighter they got i was like damn can't even let the dude live (laughs) i mean even if that's if that's the case okay (laughs) exactly it's like it's like that's great (laughs) shit i want to be that dude then collecting that wheaties check it's like shit i get i get a lineup every other day i'll be in the barbershop every other day getting a lineup (laughs) to make sure i look right (laughs) you think not that fade like anthony pettis super fade that he always had oh dude him and him and gsp him and gsp dude gsp's lineup i think he gets a lineup every morning he wakes up (laughs) <laughs> do stay do stay looking legit i'm like yo come on man stop it but um i digress uh i want i want to talk a little bit about the um ultimate fighter season 20 cast that was announced uh the ladies of course doing their uh their press earlier this week um a lot of great fighters on there rose namajunas tacia torres uh beck rawlings felice herrick carla sparza plus eight eight other ladies that came in um, including uh, Jessica Penne, jo- you know Joanne Calderwood is in there. It's it's crazy because I have the nagging suspicion that this season is going to be a problem. I think the fights will be really really good. Like oh, yeah. I, I think th- that f- fight because this is the the crime of strawweight champion. Like this is to get a, a belt. Yep. So I think the fights on this season should be really 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 good. Um, Hopefully, this is something different for the Ultimate Fighter because this season Ultimate Fighter has been horrible. Oh, dude, um, it was it was shit, and, dude. I watched it. Um, I was like, wow, this is bad. And honestly, I think they should probably uh, be done after this season. Be done for a little bit. Ultimate Fighter. I think its purpose is served. Yep. Um, they should do like a fight shit. Like just do maybe like a. Uh, like a maybe once a month like fight series on Fox Sports One, just yeah. four fights, just four, two, just two hour window, four four fights. You can get the flyweights fighting some dudes that don't normally prospect, something like that. Like yep. like uh, Showtime and HBO do this, like the boxing after dark right. or uh, Showbox, like something like that. Like get a couple fights in, something like that. Because I don't think you need the Ultimate Fighter at all anymore. It's funny. DeSova says um, Penny versus Herrick is going to be the final, which which is crazy that he, that he called that. I, I I honestly think out of that entire crew that they got, I'm thinking Carla Esparza because her wrestling is bananas, or 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 mm-hmm. or Thug Rose because she's she's her her jujitsu is on a whole other level. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think I think. Um... I think it should be a really good fight. Like I think, like, like, oh, man, I'm trying to think who I think will win. It's probably 
Impene sounds like Esparza and Impene might be the final. Like, it wouldn't surprise me like if any of these girls, except that one that's one and zero, yep, uh, got <laughs> to the uh, the final. Well, they signed, you know, they signed Claudia Gadeja, and she's eleven and zero, dude. Like, it's funny because she didn't even have to fight to on the show. They were like, "Yo, you got a deal. You good." <laughs> Which is crazy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, that is, but there's a couple fighters they did that way. Like, John Jones started off with the show, and they yep. were basically like, uh, nah, don't, don't worry about that. You good. <laughs> but, um, this season, hopefully, like, like you said, I mean, there's a couple guys out there. Like you said, hopefully season 20 will be good. It'll go, and, and that'll wrap it up. And maybe you, you put the ultimate fighter on hiatus for a little bit and just, let, you know, let, let these fighters become household names on their own. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, that's how. That's exactly how like Showbox and and yep. and, and uh, works. Like uh, Showbox's whole thing is like we show prospects. Yep. Like we we show dudes before before they get big, and you can do that with your fighters. Like just slowly, if you want to build up a one twenty five er, you give them fights on people so people see them instead of like Ali Bagatunov, who people had really only seen fight once on a main card. Yep. Like you get get a guy like that, or or just just. You know, young fighters. I don't know. I, I, just, I just don't feel like it's necessary. Yeah. You have all these fighters, and I don't think it's necessary to have the ultimate fighter anymore because it hasn't been good for a long time. Nope. It it definitely has not. So I want to just bring it home, just close it up with the uh, last two, with the two fight cards we got coming up. Uh, World Series of Fighting this Saturday. Okay. Uh, Nick Newell uh, taking on uh, Justin Gagey. And John Fitch finally has an opponent. He's facing Dennis Hallman. Uh, Melvin Galar is taking on Jay-Z Cavalcante, <laughs> and Cody Bollinger is taking on Pablo Alfonso. This is going to be on NBC. Uh, what do you think of the card? I think the card is legit. I think this is a great outlet for, for Nick Newell to to get himself noticed. I know Dana White is always like, oh, this dude with one arm, but whatever, whatever. You know Dana White's trying to find a way to not say, this dude fighting with one arm is some sideshow shit. That's what he's trying not to do. Because every time they ask him about it, he's like, yeah, you know, it just it just wouldn't work out. It doesn't work. You know what I mean? It just he's always trying to find a way around it. Because he knows the minute yeah, no, he goes, um, the minute he goes, the motherfucker has one arm. And people going to be like, oh, my God, you know. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, I understand why Dana has <laughs> reservations. Like, this is one of the few times I agree with that. Like, I completely understand right. why you have reservations. Because, I mean, he runs up against one of the, the buzzsaws of lightweight and has one arm and gets seriously hurt. Then people are looking at the UFC like, why would you let this one arm guy fight? You know right. what I mean? And um, so, I mean, it, that sucks, but... <clears throat> Dude's it, kicking ass, is, dude. That, that is what it is. But I think I think it should be a good fight between him and Gaethje. And I think Gaethje might be one of those guys to really hurt him bad. And Gaethje is, is a beast. Yep. Um, That's going to be a test so for him. It should be a good fight. It's going to definitely be a test. And um, Dennis Hallman, you know, he, he's a weird guy. I think John Fitch is going to is gonna take it to him. And um, the, the fight that's the dark horse, that Melvin Gallard, Jay-Z Cavalcante fight, is going to be serious heat. Those guys aren't going to come in there and get technical in the least. Yeah, that's a really good fight. Um, I was interested to see where Galar went after getting cut from the UFC, especially from being after being in the UFC for so long. Yep. Um, and I think I think it should be a good fight just to see how Melvin Galar looks like after he he left the UFC and and to see how Jay Z Cavalcante looks. 
Yeah, those two those two guys, it's weird because they're they're the guys that everybody spoke so highly of and now all of a sudden it's, you know, eh, they're all right, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I know what you mean. <laughs> so, UFC 175, the big one, post, you know, post July 4th, um, you know, I'm going to start from start from the bottom. Marcus Brimage taking on Russell Doan. Uh Brimage definitely a gamer, solid dude. And it's funny because they have Uriah Uriah Faber and Alex Caceres close out the prelims instead of opening the the main card, which is very very weird. I, yeah, I mean maybe they're trying to get people to be like, okay, we see this fight, so now we need to go get the card. I don't know that, that <laughs> it's it's really. I've never seen Uriah on a yeah. prelim. Like that's weird. Yep, it's it's crazy. You know, I mean, like like the like Chris Camozzi being on a prelims that you know you're going to get a good fight there. But Faber, it's like, damn, dude, it's crazy. Yeah, I I, I guess they're trying to get like you know extra eyes on the table by having him on the uh, the pre uh, prelims. You think you think he'll 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 take it to out to Bruce Leroy, or you think Bruce Bruce Leroy got the potential to be the upset kid? I think Bruce Leroy possibly could upset him, but <laughs> um, it would surprise me if he did. Uriah Faber is still one of the better fighters in the division, if not like the third yep. best fighter in bantamweight. So I, I, w- I would be surprised if Alcaraz won, but it should be a good fight. Yeah, I think that fight's going to be good. Um, Brimage and Doan, it, you know, is going to be a solid opener. What about how, where do you stand with Uriah Hall? Uriah Hall back on pay per view taking on Thiago Santos. He he's got to show something. Like yep. since he's gotten to UFC, he he more or less has just been. I don't know, even in the Chris, even in the Chris uh, when he beat Chris, uh, not Weidman, uh, Weidman, it? uh, it's still a lot of moving away and yep. stuff like that. Like he's at some point he's he's got to show that potential that he showed on the Ultimate Fighter. Because he has all the skills, but like just none of the uh, kill instinct. It's really weird. This dude on Facebook I know said he's trying to be Black Leoto Machida. <laughs> yeah, but see, Leoto Machida even gets aggressive from time to time. Like Leoto Leoto Machida is a, is a weird dude. Like l- l- fighting Leoto Machida is like fighting a dude that knows how to use counters in Street Fighter. Like that's what that shit is. It's like, oh, I'm gonna throw this fireball Basically, and the dude's like, gonna absorb he makes it. You chase him. Oh, dude, it's it's bad. Like if Weidman goes in there for the chase, Machita, Machita might take him. He might take him. It's it's gonna be crazy. Uh, but I, go ahead. I think he I, I really I really think that Machita has a very good chance of being Weidman. Very, very good chance of being Weidman. It's crazy because I don't I don't disagree with you in the least. I like Weidman, local dude, great story. Uh, you know, Long, Long Island guy. You know, his gym is right near my office. Does a lot of great stuff for the community. Nobody knows who the fuck he is outside of here. But um, Machida Machida's on a whole other level. His striking game is on point, and Machida's not going to stand there and get hit. On the contrary, Machida's the dude that Weidman may throw a nice haymaker, and Machida's just going to. Just, just you know, dodge it out of the way real quick, and just laugh, just wink at him like, eh, "You got to try a little harder than that, kid." Yeah, I mean, I, I legit think Machida could give him all sorts of problems. Machida, the only dude I've seen just really beat Machida 
is John Jones. Like, yep. And he even had a lot of trouble with him yep. in the first round. And I don't think Chris Wyman has the ability that John Jones did to yank, just force Machida down yeah, and force him into a position where he, he has to – John Jones basically had the big boy Machida. Like he had to force him into a corner to get him yep. on the ground. Like I don't to... think Wyman had that kind of strength. Yeah, but well, so you know, I think he he. I really, I really think. Uh, I just think Machida's probably gonna win this. Uh, Jay says if Weidman beats Machida, he is redeemed as a fighter. Point blank. You know what? I I definitely would say that if he beats Machida, people will be like, "Yo, Weidman, Weidman's the real deal," because Machida's no slouch. You know. Yeah, if he beats Machida, people are going to look at him as like a legit champ. I just, I just don't see him doing it. Like, I, I don't see in what way he can beat him. So, um, Stefan Struve makes his return back to the cage um, with his little heart condition behind him, uh, taking on Matt Mitrione. I like Mitrione. I like. It's funny. I like Mitrione, and I, it's like I like watching Mitrione fight, but I'm also a, 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 of the school of thought that I like watching Mitrione get his ass kicked. It's weird. Like, depending on who he's fighting, I'm like, oh, yeah, this fight's going to be good. And then I'm like, yo, I just want to see him get the shit kicked out of him. I don't know why. I don't know if he's just because he's a big, lovable oaf. I don't know, dude. But it's like some days, some week, some months he'll fight. I'll be like, all right, you know, this fight should be good. And then other times, like, yo, I'm waiting for him to get put to sleep. Yeah, um, I think he should be good. Like, uh, I... It, I kind of feel like if Matt Mitrion had come to the sport earlier in his career, he would have been oh, er, earlier in life. Yep. In his athletic prime, I think he would have been really, really good. Um, but uh, it should be a good fight. Uh, I, I have Matt Mitrion winning because Stefan Struve, besides the fact that he hasn't uh, fought in over a year, it's still Stefan Struve. Like, he still has a huge chin issue and has no idea how to jab. Yeah, his um, j- dude, his jab is like a fly swatter. His job, his jab is like a fly swatter. Didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, like he, <laughs> when like, you're that tall, there should be no reason anyone should ever hit you in the face. <laughs> and yet he's always getting hit in the face. Dude, Pat Barry it's tagged him when they fought. Tagged him. I was like, oh, yeah, Pat, Pat Barry <laughs> is a full foot shorter than you. Full foot, full yep. foot shorter than you, and he's hitting you in the face. Yep, uh, it's like that's a bit of a problem. <laughs> This, this, I don't know. I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> so, of course, um, you know, Jay says, uh, Matt Mitrion talks too much shit that his ass can't back up. And De Silva threw out there, if Weidman beats Machida, we get the John Jones super fight, question mark. All right, let's play devil's advocate. No. Weidman, Weidman wins. No. Say we get the super <laughs> fight. Let, 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 like I said, playing devil's advocate. Would, would people really be that invested in it? Because honestly, if they tell me, oh, yeah, you know, Weidman's going to fight uh, John Jones in a super fight, I'd be like, really? Why? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because that's what they've done to that poor Weidman. response would be why, and <laughs> uh, that's not good. <laughs> it's like, do you really want to hurt a champion yep. already? Like, I don't – not – not to sound like I think John Jones is unbeatable, because I don't. Like it, it's it's known I'm a John Jones fan, but um, John Jones is really really big. Yep. Uh, like I don't think people realize how big of a man John Jones is. Yep. I don't think Chris Wyman has any shot against John Jones <laughs> Poor at all because he's not taking him down, and he's going to get hit a lot. Yeah, that wrestling pedigree it, it's a whole other ball game because. 
All I got to say is everybody said the same thing about Chael and he chailed Chael. You know what I mean? Like he, he was like, yeah, you know, Chael's going to shoot and blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, oh shit, Chael just got dumped on his dome. The fuck just happened? <laughs> yeah, like I mean, John John Jones can be taken down. Yep. By another legit light heavyweight. Yep. And that was, um, Gustafson. Yep. I don't think there's even a shot. I, I, I just don't. I don't. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but it's funny that De Silva De Silva painted that picture, and you know, you you think about it because you're like, you know, everybody. I'd like to see one super fight, and I'll be honest. I, I think the only super fight we'll see, and that's just because he wants one so badly, is Jose Aldo. Jose Aldo will yeah, probably be I, I the think dude. Jose Aldo is either going to end up just moving up. Yep. Or, or they just don't give him the Anthony Pettis fight. Like, Jose Aldo is out by his, by his money. I don't think he's yep. been interested in a fight nope. <laughs> that he's had in a really long time. Nope. He, and, he, and he keeps alluding um, to I, it. Huh? He keeps alluding to it in all his interviews sure. you see. He's like, yeah, you know, the money, the money. And then he's like, you know, if they gave me the fights, then I wouldn't complain about the money. I'm like, well, all right. Yeah, like, he's, he's letting it be known. Like, give him the fights he wants. So, I mean, I think I think he'd be the one that they end up putting in a super fight of some sort. Yep, he's, he's going to be the only guy that'll probably get the super fight before anybody else. Because, number one, he's got the pedigree to back it up. He's got the wins to back it up, and he stayed reasonably healthy. You know, I mean, he he withdrew from this fight due to injury, but, it, you know, Jose Aldo comes in there, and if he gets hurt, he's out, you know, a month or two, maybe three months, boom, back in there. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I just I just think I, I just think that he, he, like you said, he's probably the one that ended up getting a super fight, too, because I don't see John Jones fighting Kane. Nope. I don't see them giving Chris Wyman, John Jones. Nope. I don't see Johnny Hendricks like uh, Wyman. Like I just, I just don't see that. I don't see it. Like if you would have told me GSP and Anderson, yes, Johnny Hendricks and and Wyman, somebody's getting exposed. You know, it's it's like it, that 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 does more harm than good. With Aldo though, it's like they got too many hitters at fifty five and too many hitters at forty five. So whoever's champion at fifty five will definitely give him a fight. You know. Yeah. So, yeah. so we'll we'll see. I mean, I, I think I think the I would I, I I really can't wait to see Jose Aldo get some sort of super fight though. Like I would I really can't wait to see that. Yeah, him at him at fifth, dude. Him and Showtime would probably level an arena. The amount of striking and yeah, the, that'd and be the, a hell of a fight. And the ping pong ball <laughs> movement between them both, dude. They'd have to slow the cameras down for that because somebody somebody's getting caught with something nasty. Yeah, that'll be a hell of a fight, and I, I really I cannot wait uh, to to see if that if that happens. So the the last one, of course, Ronda Alexis Davis. Mm. I I it, it sounds fucked up to say, dude, but it's like I it, I can't even pick against the chick at this point. Um, yeah, I mean, it still <laughs> actually does something to make her fights look. Competitive. Yep. Um, yeah, I I can't pick against it either because I mean even the Misha Tate fight that went four rounds, there was not a minute of that fight that was competitive. Nope. That was just twenty minutes of an ass whooping. Yep. Um. <laughs> so, I mean, um, I I I hope this fight is better. Um, 
because I kind of have like a feeling that people are going to lose interest. Yep. If she keeps just destroying everybody, and, or she's gonna, um, or she's gonna so dip I hope, out. I hope, so what? Or she's gonna dip out. She's like, yo, y'all ain't giving me competition. I'm good. Yeah. I'm out. Yeah, or she's gonna leave. Yep. Um So I mean, because she can. I mean, I guess she can do movies. Um, I, I she's gonna be the next Expendables, I think. Or yep, something. she is. She is in the um, next so Expendables. I guess she can do movies. So what? She's it. She's gonna be in the next Expendables, and I believe in the Entourage movie too. Yeah. So, you know, she's gonna be in a couple movies. Um. So we'll see. But I, I just think they need to they need to make the cyborg fight happen. If cyborg yep. can get down to one thirty five, just make the fight happen. Um, do I think I I don't know what the fight will look like because I still I still have a hard time picking uh uh or anyone over Ronda. But um, right. you know, make that fight happen. Make make a fight that people want to see her in because right now we're just watching her massacre people. Yep. Well, that's the thing, too. Like, right now, I feel Ronda Rousey has four legitimate fights that people would care about. Her and Kat Zingano, obviously, because there's story there. Her and Holly Holm, obviously, because there's there's fireworks there. And her and Gina Carano. That's it. That's it. Yeah. I mean, the Holly Holm fight, I would love to see Holly Holm. Just because Holly Holm is a legit... For those who don't know, Holly Holm possibly the best women's boxer yep. in a very, very long time. And she can't ever man. She looked really good in MMA. So I would I would really like to see Holly Holm fight her. But I mean I guess we'll we'll see. But it it's unfortunate that it's that basically we, we had to wait on basically dream fights. <laughs> yeah, we gotta wait on dream fights. Even though the Holly Holm signing they're saying looks more like a possibility versus the, the Gina fight, you know, the Gina signing but either way, it's like if you don't give her good fights, you know, to to go back to what you said, it's like she's going to lose interest and the fans are going to lose interest. Because if all these fights are yeah, are, are one-sided massacres, what's what good is it? Yeah, like there's no, there's nothing, there's no reason to sit around and watch it then. Like, because the, the appeal is, I guess now is, oh, can she, can she beat? Uh, how fast can she beat somebody? That that's yep. the appeal. That is and the appeal. That's not what you should be wanting it for. You should be wanting to see a competitive fight. Yep. And people people don't want to do that. People are just like, yeah, you know, this is what we're gonna rock with, and and that's well and good. But it's like, yo, it's gonna get old very very quickly. Yeah. yeah well, so we'll see. We'll, we'll see. We'll, I mean, I ho- hopefully, hopefully they put her in there with some like. Hopefully, the Holly Holm fight comes to fruition. There you go. Well, you know, like I said, we got the the five year anniversary show next week. Hopefully, we can uh, we'll catch up on it. We'll see who was right and who was wrong with that. Uh, as always, you can find Ben right. on Twitter <laughs> at Blackout eighty nine. Are you working on anything, or you just keeping yes, it low key? Um, since since uh, the move and everything, I've I've kind of put uh, that kind of stuff on hold for the time being. But I'm gonna get back into it. Uh, just gotta get everything situated. Gotcha. At my house or whatever. So. There you go. Yeah, so. All right, my dude. Well, I All appreciate right. you taking the time to talk, talk some shop with me, and I will catch up with you next week. All right, man. Peace. All right, bro. Make sure to follow Ben on Twitter at Blackout89. All right, we got 
a lot of wrestling on deck. We got to break down uh, Money in the Bank. We have to discuss Monday Night Raw. So, uh, Jay, Quark, Blade, whoever's uh, calling in to join us for the wrestling segment, feel free to do so. But until then, let's get the ball rolling. And as always, Booker T, take it away. We want the gold, sucker! Hulk Hogan, we coming for you, nigga! Wow. Guess not. That's better. <laughs> All right. As always, this week's wrestling segment is brought to you by WWE Shop.com. Use our promo code WWE Save 10. To save ten dollars on orders over ten uh, over seventy dollars or more. Again, WWE Save Ten is our promo code. All right, so this week, crazy, crazy week in wrestling. We got to talk about Money in the Bank, Monday Night Raw, the week's wrestling news, Emma's arrest and rehiring, all within the span of two hours. Holy shit! It was it was a wild, wild week. But I will say this. And this is something that, you know, a lot of people were were in agreement that wrestling right now is in such a crazy place because there's so much, there are so many gaps in the sense that right now, and, and I'm and I'm going to be 100% serious, in terms of WWE's marketability between all the money they're losing on the network and all the budget cuts and all this stuff, the product still remains very, very good. But like I said, and I was talking about this with, with Josh earlier today, there is a huge gap right now in terms of guys that are main event ready. And part of the reason is because they're not willing to let guys run with the ball. Think about it. No Daniel Bryan. No CM Punk. Uh, no Bad News Barrett for, for your IC title. Uh, you know, John Cena's up there. John Cena and Randy Orton are probably the only guys that can win the belts where where management won't bat an eyelash because they're the guys that they believe are are the only main eventers that can carry the company. And before I talk about Money in the Bank and before I talk about Raw uh, with, with Jay and, and the rest of the crew, I got to ask you guys this, and, and you guys can, can agree or disagree. If, if Roman Reigns became champion... On Monday night, right? Would would the company really be impacted in any way, or or a Dean Ambrose or a Bray Wyatt? Like the it's would the the WWE is not going to go out of business with these guys being champion. So why not take a gamble? You know what I mean? Like it's very strange to me because think about it. TNA put the belt on Eric Young. You know, they put the belt on Eric Young, not to say that Eric Young is a slouch or a shitty wrestler or anything, but they put the belt on Eric Young. Nobody saw it coming. Nobody nobody expected it in the least. There was zero there was zero mention of it in the dirt sheets, nothing. It was it was a shot in the dark and it worked. Think about it. It worked because Eric Young was champion. Yeah, the ratings were a little iffy. But there's a lot of different factors at play. 
with regards to that. And not for nothing, you take the belt from from Young and you put it on Bobby Lashley, who is pretty much fucking kryptonite at this point. And again, think about it. You you put the belt on Bobby Lashley. It's not hurting the product any. It's just, oh, Bobby Lashley's the champion. That's it. And it's it's just something that, that we were discussing. And I was thinking about it because... WWE, even though they have this huge vortex in the main event circle, I mean, because let's be realistic, their main eventers that they consider our main eventers are Triple H, Randy Orton, John Cena, and Brock Lesnar, four of them. And out of all of those, Brock Lesnar's not on TV, CM Punk isn't coming back, and Daniel Bryan is injured. This is why a guy like Chris Jericho can come in, jump into the mid-card, and nobody complains. But if he jumps into the main event, oh, you're going to put the belt on Jericho? Ah, oh, get the fuck out of here. It's it's just it's very very strange, but I'm going to bring Jay on and we're going to we're going to kind of chop this up a little bit before we get into Money in the Bank and and Monday Night Raw. Jay, what's up, brother? This will be a corona-fueled advertisement of Jay Santee's wrestling words. <laughs> Well, with with that said, and you know, I'm sure you were you were listening to this, but I, I want to ask you before we get into this money in the bank uh, discussion: if anybody else other than John Cena would have became champion, would it have really hurt the product? Honestly, yes, it would. Reason why is because right now WWE is. In their business-wise mindset, they think they're, they think they're struggling, right? Because of all of the nonsense that they have going out there in the media, that they're losing money, you know this case. So the most logical thing would to be the outmost post to put the Hulk Hogan of their business right now, which is John Cena, and give him the strap, so that they could at least start bringing back something. Bringing something back, bringing some type of, uh, of buzz again. Once again, like I mentioned earlier during the week, and I had it on my, uh, uh, on my article this week, WWE has big plans for Cena. I mean, it's out of our hands now. The, the, I'm sorry, Internet Universe. It's beyond our control now. They have big plans for Cena. Cena is going to break Ric Flair's streak. It's over. Right. Gonna, he's going to break the, the, the championship record. So it's just formulating and going down that path. And right now, with the buildup that's going to happen with the return of, of Brock Lesnar, which is going to be building up to here, and Jericho coming in, so feel, this is what's needed right now. Okay. I, I, I can understand where you're coming from. The thing that gets me is, though, it's say, say you put the belt on. I always said that if they did it, I would have put the belt on Bray Wyatt as, as a great example. Because... Bray Wyatt, you wouldn't have even said Bray Wyatt is a champion. It's like Bray Wyatt is holding the championship hostage. You get what I'm saying? And it probably would have made the product interesting. And if it didn't work, then he loses it next pay-per-view. You know what I mean? Like, if a guy, if a, if a, if a random guy gets your belt, you have an out from a, from, a, from a litany of angles. Either he loses the belt randomly on an episode of Raw or Rollins cashes in or he loses it at the next pay-per-view. It's like, basically, you're taking a gamble for three weeks. 
You know what like, I'm saying? Now, if you were saying that, if you were saying that for a possibility like six months from now, eight months from now, that's an understandable position to put. You know, guys like Bray or Roman or or, or Seth in, because you know that's 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 the swerve that can happen that could actually have you know fans sitting in there going, "Whoa, that was pretty cool." Right. And the big point would if you would put Bray with the belt now or Roman Reigns right now with the belt, it would only be satisfying the fans that they have now. Right. That's the only thing. What WWE, what they're doing right now is trying to look for the next audience that's coming in. And the best example that I'm going to tell you is this. I had a conversation with a gentleman this past week. He saw myself and one of my coworkers talking wrestling. Right. He walked up on us and he said, wow, the great, it's a great thing to hear men over their 20s talking wrestling. Right. Now, me being you know, the cynical person that I am, I <laughs> said, are you being sarcastic? He said, no, 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 I'm being genuine because honestly... I love wrestling. I really do love wrestling, but I haven't been into it in so long that, you know, I, I just fell out of it. You know, I, I can't take it. And this is the reminder of what WWE is looking for. They're looking to capture that new or bring back audience. And if having Cena as champion can entice that, that's what they're going to do right now. Okay. I, I mean, you, 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 pose, you pose a strong argument. I just feel that... You know they they're not relying on beat. Well, they're not utilizing that risk taking mentality that Vince McMahon is known for. You know he's the he's the he's the godfather of sports entertainment. It's like that's why I said you know if you put a guy if you put a belt on a guy for three weeks, you know it's an experiment. Like 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 well, we can look at it like this. We could we can look at it. We can take a baseball analogy and say it like this. You got a man on second and third, and for all you baseball fans, you got a man on second and third. You know, one out and your power hitter's at the plate, you know, and you're down by one run. Rather than them, you know, swinging for the fences, you know, they either did a squeeze play with your power hitter or, you know, you went for the sack fly. Right. That's what WWE is doing right now. They're not swinging for the fence right now. They're waiting, they're, they're waiting for that moment to do it because, like you said, Brian is out, Punk is most likely not coming back for right. so those big those big names are going to be there, so they had to go with the logical in which give the safe one to Cena. Yeah, because in in that respect, I'll agree because, honestly, dude, giving the belt to fucking Orton, I would have rather watched paint dry. Fuck that. (laughs) Well, and that's the... the, Exactly, and that's the the thing that we need to look about it because my whole idea would have been, okay, split the belts. Right. Then we split the belts, and now... We're starting at stage one again because basically when we have it with the belt split, it's like, okay, we split the belts. The logical choice would be Cena and Orton, and what's the build up there? Nobody's going to care. Right. So you might as well have the big build up, and they know already where the pop is going to come. If it's not going to be next week, the week after, once once you hear that music drop and Lesnar comes through that curtain, they know it's going to be an explosive thing to happen. They know that's where the buildup is going to be at. Well, I have a, I have a feeling what they're going to do is Battleground Cena is going to retain. Um, Rollins is going to try to cash in, and he'll probably get laid out backstage. They'll be like, yo, what happened? And they'll think it was like Ambrose and shit, and then the beat drops and Lesnar comes out, and everybody's like, oh, my God, just fucking going crazy and shit. Like, because I think that's a pay-per-view, you know, it's a, that's a pay-per-view shocker. 
versus just yeah i mean it's good for raw to pop the rating but you, your whole point is to build the network you know well this is why i think right now it was a safe call to put cena with the belt because it actually opened up these avenues in which we had which i know we're going to talk about in a little bit with money in bank and raw was that now the underlying angles opens up the playing field for more of an anything-can-happen moment. I mean, honestly, when was the last time that you actually saw somebody who had the money in the bank who's actually afraid to cash it in now? Dude, I, mean, I love that. Briefcase, and it could happen at any moment, but now he knows that somebody's creeping around the corner that could spoil that. Yep, I, that I like. I like that, and, and you know, it's funny. The, the promo from Ambrose on Monday validated him as a persona. I mean, his performance at the pay-per-view was ridiculous, but as a persona in the future, it's like, yo, you have... It, like, everybody uses this this buzzword of your next rock. It's like Dean Ambrose is, without a doubt, your next Brian Pillman and your next Stone Cold Steve Austin. Period. And I said that from the beginning. I didn't say Pillman, although Pillman is a great add-on that I missed on. Yep. But... I was a Moxley guy when he's in the Indies. I wasn't too I wasn't too big on it before, but I built on it later. It wasn't until really he got into WWE, and I was like, "Oh God, I hope they don't spoil him." But I have to give credit to where credit is due. My wife, who has been basically, she would divorce me for Dean Ambrose at any moment. <laughs> she pinpointed it. The man has an appeal that not many could really pinpoint. I mean. Right. Seth knows, I mean, everybody knows Seth has, you know, the, the athleticism. Roman Reigns has the look. Dean has that charisma that everybody doubted Stone Cold with, and he took it to the next echelon. And that's what I'm seeing. I'm hoping that they build on that. Yeah, well, that, with, with that said, let's, let's get into Money in the Bank. I, I want to talk about the Usos and the Wyatt family. What a great opener. What a, a lot of people were upset that the Wyatts didn't win in their first outing, but to the people that, that complained to me about it, I said, listen, you have to add some drama to the tag team division because once again, the shit is in disarray. Putting the belts on the Wyatts right away would hurt the Usos because it's like, damn, you guys, or you run into your first real opposition and you lose right off the bat, you know? So it was it was really good. The story, the matches, everything. Rowan and Harper had tremendous chemistry in that match the Usos really brought the best out of them and the and and the Usos look like legit ring generals in that match what's cool about you know everybody's sitting there worrying about this whole well you know the Wyatt ain't gonna get their shot with it listen honestly for me they should never get belts I mean they're just like those guys that it's disrespectful if you give them a belt because that's not what they're all about like the APA My whole aspect is like what was that? Like the APA. Yeah, like you know, when you once you gave the APA the belt, it was like, okay, where do we go from here? They should have sat there and pawned them shits at the local freaking yep. pawn shop and got money for those belts. You know, that kind of aspect. My thing is that when everybody was sitting there thinking that the tag team division was dying, now we're about to see the progression come back up again. Right. It looked like it was falling off for a minute, but now it's coming back. You got right back to. You got, you know, the Dust Brothers, you know. You yeah. have, um, you know, the possibility of Ascension coming in the mix. I mean, like, everybody needs to just slow their roll and just wait a second for it to happen. I agree. 
I agree a hundred percent. I think that we're in a we're in a very very unique situation in the sense that you can you can build your your tag team division now around more than one team, which is good because a couple of months back it was like yo it was just one team and that was it. Now you got a couple of guys you got a couple of guys that are making some major strides and you always have the Wyatts as the X factor. Because those guys could come in at any time and take those belts, which is good. Because it's like if you put the belts on them and you have the Usos chase, you still have a great level of drama and storytelling at play. I would love to look at it more when it's, you know, if the Wyatts were to were to win a belt, it's done by happenstance. You know, it's done accidentally. It's done by, you know, they were at the right place at the right time. It wasn't even about them really wanting it. They just wanted to go out there, kick ass, take names, you know, turn on, turn on some lights, and that was it. And all of a sudden, boom, it happened. Let it be in a six-way tag team match, whatever the case may be. Okay. You know, however, but stop wanting everything that you want to see happen because you're going to be the, the you know they're going to be disappointed at the end, and that's what the, the fans have not recognized yet. Well, you know, it's funny you bring that up because in the Divas Championship match, I was happy to see Naomi in there. I said Naomi can't win it right away. Um, that's a, You have a great level of storytelling you could use with Naomi's character to build to that. But what that match validated for me is that fucking Cameron is the worst. Dude, she is the you know, worst. I was like, well, wow, you can't even, you can't even do a, a good story through facial expression. You just looking like a chick on you know the seven train. It, it kills me that that some people don't understand that you know it's okay to be a valet, it's right. Okay to be a manager, it's right. All right. You know, you can do a lot more doing that than rather be a, a performer. That's you know, right. You can get a lot. And with Cameron's situation, I just the clock is ticking. Yep. <laughs> Dude, it's like it's like it's like it one. If Total Divas doesn't get renewed for another season, you're fired. <laughs> oh please, not even that. Let 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 um let let Rosa Mendez become a breakout star. She's oh jeez, done. She's done. Well, there's a rumor that they signed um Rosita. Oh wait a minute, yes, because my wife noticed it. Yep. On Raw, mm-hmm. that she was. On the Exotic Express. Yep, and she's been, she's been, and you saw she was like up front, you know, like like noticeable, like yo, look I at this chick. You, I've seen her personally. I've seen her in TNA, and I tell you, the girl could work. The yep. girl has taken bumps for her small size. The girl takes bumps like a dude. You know, yep. she's she's come out of HOG. She's come out of Red's Gym. If you guys don't know, Amazing Red's Gym and all that. She was trained through them and all, and. The girl could actually. I hope they give her that break. I really do. She has a look, and it is well deserved. Well, you know what it was. I was I was bummed when they cut Sophia Cortez, you know, slash Ivalice Velez loose because I felt that she was going to be that 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 persona that would come in and really everybody be like, oh, this chick is a like she was, you know, like Puerto Rican Daniel Bryan, <laughs> you know. Like, yeah, coming in there I, I, just I was, whooping say, ass. It's, it's, it's the Boricua in us. We need to see that Boricua succeed. And excuse me, if not many of people don't know, Seth Rollins does have Boricua on him. So let's, yeah. keep, it, you know, let's keep it 100. Yeah, it's true. But but the funny <laughs> thing was, you know, like like it, like looking at Cameron in that match, I was like, yo, you, you, can't, you, can't even, you can't even be stank right. 
Like, it was so over-the-top fucking phony. I was like, ugh, this looks like shit. And the other thing that got me, too, was that Paige, Paige, for, for as good as, she, as she's been, she reminds me of guys that are awesome baseball players that come to play for the Yankees and turn to shit. That was Paige. That is like the most perfect analogy that you could ever say yep. for uh, a diva at that moment. Yeah, that dude. awesome. Because think about all the so NXT you know shit. Is, is that you sit there and she, she'll, if you want to keep continuing using baseball, you go up to the plate against shitty hitters, which is shitty wrestlers, and she'll make them look terrific. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as she's up against uh, legitimate or, or somewhat, you know, crafted wrestler, it looks weird. It just doesn't look right, yep. and it just throws off a match, and that's what happened. I think where where WWE might have dropped the ball because I've been you know looking for you know any reference for it. I don't think they had a lot of dark matches to work to build to that pay per view, so that's probably the reason why it came out looking like shit. But not too much shit. But it, it, it could have right. been better. It could have been better, and it's like Paige was this badass anti-diva like metal head rocker chick that would stomp a bitch out in the corner now she always looks like she's gonna cry every five seconds yeah like, i think that's where they lost she lost her appeal too because even uh one of my little cousins who, who's a big wrestling fan she's in her teens and enjoys you know that dark side in the uh, wrestlers and stuff and she even said it was like she can wrestle but i don't like this this whole thing that's going on with her and i you know i, I had to agree i was like oh this is horrible well, you know what was funny? We went through that match, which wasn't terrible. Then we had that Adam, that Adam Rose, Damian Sandow match, and again, I, you know, and I said this in in my three R's column. It's like, yo, Damian Sandow is 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 the company dude right now. And you know what the sad thing is? Damian Sandow is taking one for the team, and a guy like Zack Ryder it was funny because he put out a thing. I think it was on Twitter where he's like, yo. No more. None of my merchandise is of, is available on WWEshop.com anymore, and I was just like, "Damn," you know, because you look at that and you're like, "Yo, like, like, like you know, you know what that means." If 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 if, if he survives, he's gonna be he's gonna be the JTG of Long Island. He's gonna be Long Island JTG, just surviving on the low. But Damian Sandow and it sucks because he, know, he he actually loves the business, and Kurt Hawkins even you know had a he had a. Uh, uh, a shoe video and an interview where he talked about it. He said that was probably the the hardest thing that he had to go through to the business was to see what happened to Zach because we all know the guy put himself over. Yep. You know, he did that himself. That's and right. And all sit there talking about grabbing the brass ring and all that stuff. And, yep. you know, he, grabbed he did it. it without the company's, you know, backing and stuff like that. And they still found a way to shit on him. Well, Sandow's in the same boat because look at Sandow. It's like, Sandow, you're going to go out there and you're going to impersonate people, and that's what you're going to do. And, and dude, he does it with such fucking conviction. Like, it's like if there's not a payoff for that poor bastard down the road, it would be a travesty. Because, again, a company guy. I, 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 I think that's going to probably be the low point of everything is when I sat there and I was like, Kali? Yep. Really? Yep, that's that. Kali. Exactly, dude comes out Anybody like fucking else? Mumra. Kali. Yep, it was terrible. <laughs> it was terrible. But um, this Money in the Bank contract ladder match, I if 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 the other if the other ladder match wouldn't have been as crazy as it was, man, it would have been the marquee match of the night. Cause holy shit, there were some 
nasty bumps. You know, the swagger powerbomb off the ladder, the Ambrose superplex to Rollins, Kofi Kingston bouncing off, bouncing off the, the ladder onto the top rope for the splash. Rollins almost getting broken in half, dude. There were so many, there were so many markout moments in that match that the only thing that watered it down was Kane coming out and just fucking shit up. I'm like, I'm like, dude, you just made Rollins look like a bitch just now. Well, they pretty much owed that to us because when they sat there and put up the first Money in the Bank, it was like, oh, you, oh, oh fuck, really? But when I actually sat there and started watching, because I watched it twice, and I looked it over and I said, Jesus, you could tell that these guys sat and watched previous Money in the, bank, the Banks and said, you know what, we can do other things. We can right. take a spot here, make it better here. But I mean, there was that Seth Rollins um, spill that he took on the ladder, and the ladder fell off. Yep. And he bounced off of it, and like, it was insane. I mean, ugh. Well, I got one for you. How I can did... say this probably one of the best ones that I, I, I've seen maybe ever. Well, maybe. I got one for you. How did, how, did, how did Dolph Ziggler hit Kofi Kingston with the zigzag and not kill him on the ladder? Dude, because Kofi Kingston not hit even, that. Not even kill him. He didn't even kill himself. Also, he was done after that one. Dude, it was it was it was everything that you'd expect from a ladder match with just amazing storytelling. But not only that, I think I think obviously Rollins had his moment, but Ambrose put people on notice. Like he was like, "Listen, I'm I'm the real deal, dude. I, I'm not just a crazy guy with 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 the, the quasi Joker gimmick. I I can come in here and get the job done." Cause a lot of people just marked out hard, dude. When when he when he got taken out, injured, and then he just came back and he just wailing on Rollins with a chair, dude. That arena went ape shit. Yeah, I I I I really sat there and and I'm looking at the match and I'm waiting for the typical type of match. It's like oh, whatever. but for this Money in the Bank, they sat there and I think they paid attention to the fans because they knew exactly. The, the 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 guys that they wanted to make that reach like right. you know Dolph had that moment you know Dean had that moment uh, Seth was there for that mo- like they 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 really pulled on us I sat on my couch and I actually looked at the match without getting on anything for the, like the first time ever and right. I sat and watched it and enjoyed it and thought what can happen next oh it was it was it was tremendous and you know it was funny. After that match, to simmer the crowd down, they gave us, you know, Stardust and Goldust against Rybaxel. But, dude, even that match was good. Like, the crowd still had the energy for that match because it just looked really, really good. I mean, Rybaxel, you know, I crack jokes on him and, and whatever, and I clown him and shit. But they're, 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 a good, they're good gatekeepers for the tag team division, and they just tell such a good story with their opponents. Like... You know, when Ryback was getting ready to do the clothesline and everybody was chanting, feed me more, and he's just like, see, I still got it. You know, there's there's, there's small little things like that that make you say, hey, these guys are having a good time out there. Well, it's good that you mentioned that because that was one thing that I that I really pinpointed. I was like, that was something that really resonated to the crowd again because of the fact that he hadn't done that in such a while. And you would have thought that the fans would have forgotten about it, but it came back like if it was instant, like if he did it for the first time. And I also have to give credit to the booking for that match because they knew to put that tag team match in because since yep. everybody was getting such a good vibe of the Stardust thing, yep. it was 
perfect to put it right after. You know that you couldn't go to the bathroom. You had to sit there and watch what was next. Yep. Well, you know, they that match kept kept really, like I said, it kept the crowd's energy level going. And then, you know, Rusev and Big E, even though that was just a big uh, collision between two strong style, strong style guys, Big E is really stepping his game up spot wise. Like it makes me wonder, like had Big E been in the Money in the Bank ladder match, would he have done crazy spots? Because not for nothing, when he's been doing these these matches with Rusev. He's, he's throwing caution to the wind there, too. But it's awesome, though, because that's what you're supposed to see from right. big, like big men. Yep. That's the type of match you're supposed to see. You know, a spot here, a big, you know, a big move there. Like, you know, we don't ask for much. The worst match I've ever seen from two big men was in TNA. It was Matt Morgan and Crimson. They turned it into, like, this, you know... Aerial X Division type match. It was like, no, I don't want that. No, no, no. We want them. And what Rusev and Big E did for that night, it was great because it carried over later on to the next match after. Well, the thing that got me too with that was the fact that Rusev really and and you know there there was an article about this on Bleacher Report that WWE is pushing these guys to work a lot tighter, and it's resulting in people you know getting punched in the face and getting hurt you know, more so getting bruised up. But I have to give credit to Rusev that he works that style so well. He works that really tight striking style so well because when he hits you with that with that sidekick, it, it legitimately looks like it's inches from really fucking you up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, listen. I still say that he looks like my barber from about 15 years ago. <laughs> but... If my barber was able to freaking kick somebody like that, he probably wouldn't get jerked from a lot of shape-ups that he did. But in either case, his his work is like has been criticized by the internet for the longest. I just think that you know you can't expect much from that style, and nope. what you have now is a solid lock. That's what that's what you need to see. That's a that that's that's what the big man's supposed to do. Well, Rusev, what Rusev, the success that Rusev has is, I think, what WWE wish they would have had with Tenzai. But Tenzai was so comedic and so silly that they damaged the credibility of that gimmick before it started. You know, when you bring, when you brought Albert back from Japan, when you brought A-Train back from Japan, whatever you want to call him, you had to look at what he did in Japan and use that here. And to a degree, I think they decided, hey, we're just going to let Rusev do that. Like, a lot of people say it's partially the Umaga push, but I think that they're realizing that these big, burly dudes that go to Japan and they just work the strong style, the minute that they that, that the crowd gets into it, they got the crowd in the palm of their hand, and they don't even got to say much because of the language barrier in some cases. And in this case, doing it oh, with please. Rusev, it works. Yeah. Yeah, you, you don't even have to get me started with what they did to Tensai. All they really had to do with Tensai was just, first of all, not call him that. Yep. Secondly, just bring him in and just say, listen, this, oh, my God, what is Albert doing here? Or oh, what's Adrian doing here? He had such success in Japan. Why is he back here? And yep. just have him just slaughter. That's, yep. That's it. You didn't have to give him a, a goofy, you know, gimmick that nobody really knows they don't know about it they don't and they don't care nope just have them come back kick ass and then even the older fans that go damn how did a train get this good or how does that like, exactly you know, it, it gives more of that mold 
Yep. And, and the thing that gets me is that people, you know, they, they, they say, oh, well, you know, they, they, they run off at the mouth like, oh, well, you know, these big guys, they're all, they're all cookie cutter. They're all the same. And I think this is one of the few times where all the big dudes that they got on the roster are genuinely not interchangeable. And it's funny because I said this before. We're 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 in the uh, we're kind of in the 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 twilight of the large wrestler. In other words, think about it. Big Show over forty, Kane over forty, the Great Kali over a hundred. Um, you know what I mean? Like like they have the Undertaker not coming back. We're we're at that we're at the twilight of the of the big wrestler. So at this point. You have these guys that, yeah, they're not all seven feet tall, but they're, they they look like formidable dudes, you know? Like, they really make you notice, like, oh, shit, that, that guy's a fucking problem, you know? But that, they, of course, we also want to have that, you know, that old throwback, men, that you know, that mentality of, you know, the powerhouse wins all. But we all sit back and want to also believe that the little guy wins. Right. And this is what we're looking at now. Yep with how WWE's working it because it's more like, okay, you know, we'll get Rusev who could, you know, knock down every other powerhouse, whatever, but let's see what he'll do against Daniel Bryan who knows how to work. You know, right. it's, it's that mindset, and that's what we, you know, we as wrestling fans want to see. Yep. You know, we're not we're not in that old school days where it's like, oh, you know, the two clashing claim, you know, go together, what happens now? No, we want to see wrestling. Yeah, well, big or small. Well, that's part of it, and then the other part also is that we we are out of the like I said, we're out of the seven footer category. Like, there's very few, unless you know somebody tells me otherwise. There's very few legitimate seven foot workers out there that are legitimate that can still get it done. Like Matt Morgan, you know, Matt Morgan's probably the only legitimate dude still out there that could probably deliver some good matches, but. You know where he stands from a wrestling standpoint remains to be seen, but in, in, in you know in the interest of, of in the interest of fairness, I feel that the big guys that they got now, you know the Rusevs, the Big E's, you know those larger guys, they can fill that void very well. You just got to give them good matches and good stories, you know. Because the Silva the says, thing "I'm afraid about that. I'm afraid about that." Is that you know WWE was gonna. Is gonna start wanting to look for that, you know, that that mark that that marquee carnival type person. Yeah. Who just would want to throw anybody in there like that. That'll be like the only thing that I'm afraid of because then you start hearing, oh, WWE signed a seven foot four, three hundred eighty pound monster behemoth, and he can't work for shit. Like, I'm just so afraid that they'll do that just so they could get that pop, that gimmick factor. You're afraid. You're afraid of the WWE equivalent of George Murasan. <laughs> exactly. exactly. That that's exa- I, and I understand that, but you know it's funny. Desova mentioned in the, the chat. Yeah, Manute Bowl is a good one. Uh, Desova goes Rusev versus Samoa Joe. Anyone? And it's true. Like if Samoa Joe were to be brought over, like I said, you can't give him that stereotypical Samoan gimmick. But he's another big dude. Like I watched Impact today. And he cut a promo on Kurt Angle, and the level of intensity that was in that promo, I said, this is what some of these guys are missing. Like, Rusev's exchange with Swagger was good because the amount of intensity that we saw in that exchange on Monday, that that's the good thing that Rusev does so well. Like, he emotes 
anger so well that it that it that it makes the story l- more legit, which is a which is refreshing. And it's, and it's so sad because well, not sad, but it, it, it's it's funny when you think about it. Is that you know the way that they go about it, they still are able to you know bring out that you know Cold War type yep. feeling, and it's like. Yeah, you know, real smart guys are like, yeah, there really isn't that much of a beef. No, nope. it's like it's still that on that notion of like this sad thing and said we can still get over with it, and what? he and sure enough, it is. Well, you know the what USA it is, chance, and yeah. for them to sit there and turn swagger out of blue, yep, took me out of surprise. Well, the the thing that gets me also is that. WWE still feels that our base instincts are the best way to market their superstars. In other words, we are like, and I've said this, you know, we're all secretly afraid or secretly racist or we like all our prejudices are there. And even at the base level, WWE knows that that still works. They know that, you know, the, the conflict in Ukraine and Vladimir Putin and, and you know, the level of, of, of conversation that that causes. They go, hey, we can still use this and it can still be viable. It's weird, you know, with the Adam Rose gimmick, and I talked about this because it's like it's basically Russell Brand. And the, in, in that respect, they're a, they're a couple of years too late. But it shows that they see that, hey, you know, this is still relevant. Like, like the Emma thing. I said, you know, I, I was talking, I was talking to, to Josh and I said, I wouldn't be shocked if they made her a kleptomaniac as part of her gimmick at this point, because that's what they do. You know, <laughs> think about it. I wouldn't be shocked if she just, you know, they started making it that she would just take divas gear and come out dressed as other divas. Like, oh. Yeah, you hear, you hear uh, Lisa, Fox, uh, Lisa Fox talking about, my Louis Vuitton is missing. Was it me? And she got them on, walking yep, with red exactly. walking across the floor. Like, Alicia Fox <laughs> is like, hey, where's my, where's, my, where's my hoodie that I wear to the ring? And she's wearing it like, haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> my weave is gone. Uh, I don't know where it's at, and it's a tail. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and that and and that's the kind of that's the kind of thing. Those are the kind of things that we that like I said that, that WWE still ca- you know takes advantage of those base instincts. But then like look at the look when you look at the the, the Summer Rae and Layla match. It's like you said to yourself, oh maybe Fandango will get both chicks, you know, and they'll they'll kind of go into that risque territory like oh dude's gonna, dude gets to bag both chicks. But it would that match just the there was zero cohesiveness in that match whatsoever. Everything everything well, was a disaster. Is, nah, but you know it, it, I can't even give it to Layla because Layla's a good work. Yep. It's just that honestly, Summer Rae is just they, they put a lot of faith in her. Yep. And she's yep. lost it. She's lost it since her NXT days when she didn't have that pressure. She has lost it. Well, that's the same I thing mean, that I said about the baseball fold. players. It's the same shit I said about the baseball players. Like, Summer Rae, good in NXT, shit in WWE. It's like, yo, you bird. Like, no. Like, you, like, and it's funny because yeah, like, like, uh, like uh, one of the guys I work with, he was like, yo, man, Layla, Layla got a little meaty during her time off. And I'm like, yeah, but she could probably wrestle better than half the roster. <laughs> No, yeah, she she still goes to work. I mean, she's thick. She put on that, you know. Now yep. she wears that that that, that onesie, whatever the case may be. Yep. You know, she got a little run. But even so, she works. She's probably like in the top five 
of wrestlers in there and yep. for the divas and like you put it in there with Summer Rae, it's just like, okay, now you want me to freaking turn ice cream into, you know, filet mignon, and I can't, I don't have the ingredients. How am I going to supposed to do that? Well, the thing is that so you, I, I can't. Go ahead. No, I'm just saying I can't. I can't fathom. The only thing that saved it was the whole Fandango thing because as much people, as much as people might like, not get him or whatever. The gimmick is just a throwback, hokey gimmick, which is still fun. It's yep. still fun to see. So when during that match, it was cool. I always say that he's dancing Rick Martel. <laughs> that's that's it. And, and and the thing the thing about it is that in Layla's case, you know, Layla had a nice little you know a little Indian death lock. Like Layla, this is what I feel about Layla. Layla's a good worker, but a shitty carrier. Like she can't carry chicks to good matches. She can work well with them, but she can't carry them. Like carrier, like carrier wrestlers are, you know, Beth Phoenix, carrier, uh, Mickey James, carrier, Trish Stratus could, you know, could carry a, a chick through a through a decent match. Natalia can carry a chick through a decent match. AJ can too. But like Nikki Bella, she's improved, can't carry a match for her life. She can carry a purse, but she can't carry a match. Nope. <laughs> serious, dude. She, like, we, we knew we knew the Bella bashing was gonna come down a lot well, one way. Or well, well, well. It wasn't. It's not even a bash, dude. It's just like you know, and, and this even goes to to the male performers too. There are guys that can carry matches. Then there are guys that can work well, and then there are guys that they that they just need to get fucking woken up, dressed by someone, have their ass wiped by somebody, and that's it. Yeah, it's a it's 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 a slippery slope with them because, yep. uh, which leads to what happened on Raw the following night. You know, it, it, the 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 creative becomes desperate. Yep. So especially especially with the diva division, it's like they don't they don't have that faith, so they need to have something to spark it for well, something to happen. Well, look, let's let's look at the World Heavyweight Championship ladder match. Think about it. You had John Cena who can carry a guy to a good match. Wyatt can carry a guy to a good match. Orton can work well with everybody. Cesaro can carry somebody. You see what I mean? Like, there were guys, and you can see it throughout the match that they were literally carrying the momentum of the matches because there was no other way for the match to look as good as it did if you didn't involve those key guys. For a match that everybody worried about, including myself, yep. it was that type of match that you sat there and said, you know what? I was wrong. Because you have that I point was wrong. that, yeah, they could carry it off, and everybody in that ring should have been... The only one that I really probably would have doubted a little bit more than anything else would have probably been Bray Wyatt, because... His experience is not probably the same as everybody else, but I doubted Roman he sold everything going on. I doubted Roman in that match because I said this is a new environment. Well, yeah, Roman, yeah, Roman as well. I, I, and I said to myself, Cesaro's going to carry a lot of that match, and people were like, you know, Cesaro didn't really have that good of a showing in that match, and I'm like, he wasn't meant to necessarily have a good showing. He was there to make the match run smoothly. Yeah, because apparently hanging from a freaking ladder that was tilting over <laughs> by another ladder that was, you know, speared in between 
wasn't able to 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 put over. Do you know how difficult that is to put over? <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like people, like people complain about Kane. You know, like a lot of guys I saw on Twitter, like, oh fucking Kane. And it's like Kane is probably the only motherfucker there that can do th- that can eat every big spot. Like Kane, we're gonna super bomb you off the ladder. You don't mind? Nah, I'm good. You know, <laughs> like like that's what I mean. Like you need that. You have your spot guy that can take the spots and the guys that are going to give the spots. Like, like, you know, for a fact, somebody's getting choke slammed off a ladder. You know, it's happening. I, you know, even the RKO that Orton did at the end was a, was very well executed because it was perfect in every sense. It's like, Oh, you pull the leg out from under the dude. Oh, he's in midair. Let me grab him for an RKO. It's academic at that point, you know? Yeah, and and like you had mentioned, Roman Reigns was like that factor that you know that like ninety percent of the crowd wanted yep. to win. But if he won and he sucked the way he won, yep. like how many people would have turned their back on him about it? Like the best thing that they did was that they made him look good. During the match, right. and that's what exactly what they did. They made him look really good, and I I I I commend them for that. He, you know, we we've, we've all bashed him early on about you know you know his mic skills and how he might work in it. But for a marquee match like that, he was impressive. Well, you know what the funny thing is, Roman Reigns, and we were I was talking about you know I was talking about this today. Roman Reigns is probably the only guy whose gimmick can be yo man. I'm gonna fuck you up, you know, and that's his gimmick. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't need anything else except being himself with with that with that harder edge. You know what I mean? Like yo, yo, when this match ring, when this bell rings, all bets are off. You know, like like that's all you need. Like certain guys are are, are at that stage. Like Cesaro, Cesaro doesn't need a gimmick per se. You know, Reigns doesn't need one. Like, when he comes out and he's still dressed like the, a member of the Shield and he's putting his fist out, it's like, that's his gimmick. He's just a badass dude. And you see that the commentators are like, yeah, Roman Reigns is a volcano, ready to erupt, you know, ready to attack. Like, that's his gimmick. He's just, that's the dude that's going to fuck people up. That's it. Listen, this is only between me and you, because I know I know people aren't listening right now. Anyway, <laughs> but, but Roman Reigns... You know, makes me question my sexuality because oh, I look shit. at that dude and I go, "That's a that's a that's a good looking guy right there." That shit, fucking, fucking. I can see why chicks dig him. What? But with that, <laughs> the guy has shown that he is able to exude that charisma. Like, right. The guy, you know, he's still using the whole shield freaking fist out in the air gimmick, and yep. then and everybody's digging it. Yep. They love it. Still comes you know, out through like the crowd. Said, you can walk up to the, on the mic and be like, "So Roman, what do you think for the next match? What are you gonna do to to, to your opponent? Fuck him up. That's it. Yeah, that's, that's, that's it. it. And and the crowd will go bananas. They will ape shit. Roman Reigns' gimmick is Corbin Dallas from the Fifth Element. <laughs> Ruby Rogers going crazy. He's like, cool. Like that's him. He's just Roman Reigns is Corbin Dallas. That's it. He is. He is. Roman. That's it. That's it. That's it. He is. He is. He is that dude. He is. There's no gimmick. Nothing. You don't need any gift wrap. It's just the only thing in this gift wrap is an ass whooping. 
and it works, and, and that's and, fine. And don't don't have him come through the Titans wrong. No, nope. for the rest of his career. Yep, it comes through the crowd. He's got to come through the crowd forever, dude. He'll face always through the crowd. Always, <laughs> like like the like I said, the match itself had a lot of great spots. Cena winning. You know what was funny about Cena winning that Triple H and Stephanie McMahon reaction shot. Because they went right to them and they sold it. They sold it like their world just crumbled. And it was good. Like, people are like, ah, you know, Cena winning. But the the authority, the minute that you saw the authority's reaction, you knew what was happening Monday. Which was good. The good you know, foreshadowing. That's one thing that I said that I, I can't do anymore. I really can't. And I'm so, I wish I could, I could like, start, like, a petition or a Kickstarter for money to get them the, the hell out. Because this authority shit is just, it's run its course, and I'm done. It's not creative. It's so uh, bland and lackluster. It has nothing to go. I'm done with it. For, the, for Cena to win and for them not to be happy about it, I think it's bullshit because. Okay. Let's see. You want money. You want money. And who is your best draw? John Cena. So the next night on Monday Night Raw should have been. Hey, we introduced him to, since he won, he's going to be on the cover of the next game. Yeah, John, I want to embrace you with all this stuff. Like that, and then let it be, like, more more conflicted. Right, like, make Not, it make it more uh, gray. Make uh, it more gray. Like, it makes you yeah. wonder, like, yo, is he in their pocket now? But I think that what they wanted yeah, to go. Make, yeah, make it seem like, yeah, make it seem like John is like, okay, I like this. You know, uh, give it. If you uh, let let the let the crowd feel like that, he might turn heel again, which we right. know is not going to happen. But make them feel it. Yep, make it make it seem incredibly suspect. Like, oh, Triple H puts him in a match with you know um, Heath Slater that night. Oh, John, you know you're a little oh, banged up. We're going to put you in this match tonight. Running the ring and like raise his hand yep. so that like, Randy Orton looks like what the fuck are you doing? Like give like right. Oh, you're really raising his hand like something. Yep. What? I don't. I don't know. The only I wasn't the, too, too happy to see that. The only thing that really bothered me was this whole new thing of Triple H just trying to clown dudes. Like Triple H sounded like a guy that's trying to tell a joke that he heard on Def Comedy Jam and isn't telling the joke right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, John, what you gonna do? Drop your R's? You gonna talk all hood? You gonna try? Like, like you know, Triple H is like, what you think you you know he wanted to be like, what you think you black now? You think you're black Cena again? It's like he's hurt, and he used to partner with, with with Titus. I don't know what you're talking about. And this is why I'm saying like this whole authority thing is done run its course because it's like now you're 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 hypocritical to what it really is. It's like listen, I need you to go out there. I need you to black it up. Don't drop the n word, but I just need you to black it up. Yep. And then when you go out there and you black it up, you go, oh, are we from the hood now? Listen. You're not from the streets, bro. And it's like, oh, stop. Yep. You're contradicting yourself. Yep. And that was what got me. Like, like he when he when he you know impersonated Bad News Barrett, or when he made fun of Dean Ambrose. I said to myself, I'm like, yo, what are you doing? Like, stop trying to do that because it just make it makes you look like a fucking dickhead. Because it just makes you look like, and, and this is in no way, shape, or form meant to be. Um, racial in any sense but it just made you seem like out of touch white guy you know it made you it made you look like the reporter that does the urban piece on like channel five here here we are at marcy projects trying to say listen 
we're going to pass this class because we're all going to turn up. Yep. Like, it, it's right? like, exactly. Right? <laughs> like, that, like, like, he was that guy. Like, he was the, hey, we're here right now in Marcy Projects, and uh, tell me a little bit about this Callaloo beef patty that you're giving me. You know, and everybody's like, well, you know, and, the, and you know, the chick's like, well, you know, Callaloo, when we put it with, with some cheddar cheese and some cocoa bread. Oh, cocoa bread. And is that made with organic coconuts? Like, like. Just real out of touch, real stupid. I was like, "Sounds yummy." Yeah, it's it's, it's like, yo, Triple H, why are you trying to like? Why are you trying to clown John Cena? Like the whole point of John Cena being the doctor of thugonomics is that it was a fucking gag in itself. Like here, you had this guy that looks like a living, breathing GI Joe, freestyling better than than most rap artists. You know, like that was the big gag. I should know. I, ha- I should know. I have the John I, Cena and trademark I album. I want to eradicate. Yeah, I just want to <laughs> eradicate this whole authority nonsense. It's just too easy. It's too easy for yep. people to write for. Like you know, once you get rid of that, now you have to be creative. Same thing with TNA. With the, get rid of it. Who cares? No, the fans don't care. They're annoyed by it. Stop it, Triple H. We know you like to make money. Just yep. Make the money. It's okay. Just Dude. do that. We, we all right. If, if you're gonna show your face once in a while, be Jack Tunney. Like, do yeah. That. Well, you know. Well, you know what's funny when when Seth Rollins came out and they and they hit his music. It was funny because Seth Rollins out his ring gear is really cool. But every time I look at it, I'm like, dude, stop coming out there covered in water and baby oil because you really do look like a walking dildo. I'm telling you, like you look like a slick, skin. like a that slick dildo, dude. It's like it's like it's either snake pliskin or a dildo with a face. <laughs> oh no no no, that is solid snake. Oh no, <laughs> yeah, it's metal gear right there, dude. It's crazy. I'm like I'm like yo man. Like can somebody tell Seth Rollins like dude don't don't lube up on the way out, dude. It just doesn't look right. I'm like, like, come on, man. And it's funny because, you know, obviously the foreshadowing is like, oh, I got plan B. And it's like, yeah, no, plan B is not plan briefcase. Plan B is plan Brock. We know this. The only plan plan B. Yeah, exactly. Plan B is not the skinny athletic dude who has half a die job. You know, Brock Lesnar is the plan B. You know, some big monstrous dude is a plan B. Yep. Not some dude that's able to just, you know, do some highlights and go, well, you know, I'm the... Uh, no, no, we don't care. Yep. <laughs> well, I, I'll tell you what. I like that they redeemed the finish for the RVD-Seth Rollins match um, because the match itself was really good. But I got to Dude, that fucking Ambrose promo, when he goes from one scumbag to another, and I was like, oh. yes. I was like, this is what I'm talking about. Just Dean Ambrose acknowledging that he is a complete piece of shit. It was, it was beautiful. It was masterful. I was like, this is how it has to go down. It, it was so somewhere, good. You know, I really think that somewhere CM Punk is looking at his TV going, motherfucker. Yep. Motherfucker. No, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm, <laughs> well, dude, he's, he's chilling right now, but. I want I want people to to listen to the promo. I just I don't want to get into no shit with YouTube, but uh, let me see. I could. Oh, please do it quick. Please just do it fast. Let me see. Oh, fuck it. You saw the back give out on. Hey, 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 hey! Look, if you're gonna introduce me, lady, 
do it right. It's Mr. Money in the Bank, Seth Rollins. See you, toots. First of all, he called her toots. What year is this? What, what, what? You got toots. I'm, you think it's I'm just waiting to go. Hello, my baby. Hello, my darling. Hello, my right time girl. Come back <laughs> it up. <laughs> so, in my opinion, y'all just bitter that I was right and you were wrong. Because <laughs> you realize this here is my golden ticket. This here is a contract. I get a shot at the WWE World Heavyweight Championship anytime, anywhere. And if last night is any evidence, Seth. I always get Seth. what I want. There we go. Look at that pop. Listen, puppet boy. From one scumbag to another, you don't really think this is over, do you? You don't really think you won last night, do you? You didn't win. In fact, your plan A failed miserably. And your daddy, Triple H, had to bail you out with his plan B. Sending Uncle Kane down to knock me off that ladder. Now, I'm not even upset about what happened to Money in the Bank. Because it might be more fun this way. Every time you even think about cashing in that contract, I'm going to be there. I'm See, like the crowd, the crowd was into that. They really, they were really digging it. They really felt that it was just seamless. And, and Ambrose just, he put it over the top. Just like, yo, from one piece of shit to another piece of shit, I'm letting you know that I'm coming for you. Which was good. The other thing is, is that everybody who knows, like, you know, who's trying to keep their ear to, to social media, out of all the guys that's coming up right now, you know, Ambrose is that guy that everybody's looking at. Mick Foley, Stone Cold, yep. even Jericho himself said, yo, Ambrose is that guy. He is that guy. Yep. If WWE drops the ball with him, it's a shame to wrestling. And, I, and I'm going to put it out there today. If WWE drops the ball with Ambrose, and I'm not even talking about just giving him championships, because he's not that guy that's the merchandise guy. He could be, yep. but he's not that guy. I'm just talking about character-wise, getting him just even heat or, or, or getting him over. If WWE drops the ball with him, it's a shame on them. Yep, I agree. Well, the, the thing that gets me is that you take this match and you, you know you create this, this genuine storyline that has easy chemistry, easy, it writes itself. And what I like is the fact that Ambrose, like I said, you're doing the Brian Pillman book and like, like Dean Ambrose wouldn't look out of place showing up at Seth Rollins house or whooping Seth Rollins ass in an airport. <laughs> like it just wouldn't look out of place. It wouldn't look wrong. Like Seth Rollins is walking through the airport. He's got his baggage. He's got his money in the bank briefcase. And he's like, yeah, never leave home without it. And Ambrose is like, I never leave home without you either and he just fucking jumps out of a fucking baggage cart and starts fucking him up you know that's <laughs> him taking a shit it's like hey who has toilet paper you need help with a wipe that's <laughs> it drop hammers on him that's it oh man it, and, and and that's what it is it's funny because slick says they need to make take it back to those places when jumps would happen in random places and it's true because we're in a i mean it, it, it's it's over the top and it's silly 
But it's like, how crazy is it? You know, Seth Rollins, he's getting ready to board a flight in JFK, and you just hear, hold that flight, hold that flight, and it's just, it's just fucking Ambrose running to the gate and just beating his ass and him being dragged out by security. And then it Michael Cole... Dude, Michael, year. Michael Cole will be year. like this. Michael, for the whole money in the bank, it needs to happen for the whole year. Dude, what it needs to be Michael Cole saying, uh, Seth, uh, Seth Rollins is wrestling tonight. Luckily, he may have an opportunity to cash in since, you know, Dean Ambrose was detained by TSA earlier today. You know what I mean? Like, it looks legit. Yeah, like, they need to have it to where, well, we've seen Ambrose being dragged out in the ambulance because Kane tombstoned him three times, and he sees freaking Ambrose come down with crutches and a yep. neck brace when Rollins is about to cash in. Like, you, it needs to happen for, like, the full year. Yep. Full year. It has to be a parachutes in at WrestleMania. Oh, be rid- <laughs> well, well, the the funny thing with that is like Ambrose. It's it, it's good because he plays the crazy guy so well that it would make sense that you know Seth Rollins gets attacked at like Cracker Barrel. <laughs> you know, like it makes sense. <laughs> like just 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 Seth Rollins chilling. He's getting breakfast. He he's like he's like oh you know I I travel the like they could you know add a little bit of realism and say you know that his traveling partner is like Ryback. You know, and it's like him and Ryback having lunch. Okay. Or even having like you know, so that they could they 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 want to bring some type of promotion to the WWE network or the case maybe like have Rollins about to cash in at a main event and be like, since I know Ambrose is not here tonight, you know who knows what could happen, and then have like Ambrose dressed in popcorn serving outfit. Yep. <laughs> jump out the oh, crowd dude, just just, just hold it. It's just insanity. Had, dude, Ambrose just like the master of disguise, just everywhere, dude. Popcorn vendor and and he, <laughs> and he would do that. It, like I said, it would be a great throwback to like Stone Cold Steve Austin where it's like, you know, when Stone Cold said to the Rock, you know, when you get 316 on that pager, that ass whooping is coming and you know, the Rock is like, "Oh, you know, Stone Cold's full of shit with the 316." And Stone Cold came out of the baggage cart and fucked him up in in, in LaGuardia Airport. <laughs> like that's the kind of shit we need that because it would add to to Ambrose's persona. Just just Ambrose's persona Slick. needs to be that. Slick just said the most awesome thing because I'm a so, so much of a fan of this dude. He's like, Ambrose is the Vegeta of WWE. <laughs> he really is, dude. Just just an angry, belligerent lunatic. And, and, and it just works. But the problem is that you can't, you can't, he, he's never a heel. He's never a face. He. It's like, it's like, do you think I'm a good guy? Do you think I'm a bad guy? I'm just Ambrose. Like, that should be it. Like, his shirt is, like, not a heel, not a face, just Ambrose. Like, that's it. Yeah, I, 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 just, I just hope that they really don't drop the ball with him because I've, I've been such a supporter of this dude, and I got so afraid with the whole shield thing breaking up, and now what they're doing to him. The only thing I can, I can say is that, the you know, you know what, fuck a theme music. He don't even need it. Just, like. Just let him go. Just let him go. Well, you know, you know what the funny thing is. For like I said, WWE's bipolar booking. It's like we go from awesome Ambrose to Jack Swagger getting a Swagger chant. Like I was like, is this happening? I'm gonna I'm gonna try something a little different. Let me see if this works. Uh, 
Yeah, guy. I, I'm, I'm sure people are looking and they're like, what is Rich doing? It's like, I have a whole bunch of cool toys for the show. Like so. <laughs> Rose's last opponent was a failure. But that's okay because America is accustomed to failure. She should have said, I believe. <laughs> in fact, it's woven in your culture. USA! USA! Shut up! Lana, why are you mad, though? If she goes and eats Lana, she's gonna like a conehead. Oh, you are such you a scumbag. There is only one superpower in the world. Led by the greatest leader in the world, Vladimir Putin. There you go, show that avocado face, dude. I swear, they better hope, she better no hope that they can find can anybody from overseas. Russia. No one can stop the onslaught of Rusia. John Cena can in six months. <laughs> Who will be Circa six months from now. That's next it. failure to compete against Rusia. Here he goes. Six inch foot long with coleslaw. <laughs> Crush that bag for you. Thanks for coming. That's a, that's a dry cleaning list. You coming out here week after week after week and slamming our country. I am sick of it. Tell them. Tell them. All the people that are proud of that racism. What I want you to do is shut the hell up. Nobody saw that coming. I don't care how much of a wrestling fan you Nope. I didn't see it. Lana, if that is your real name. You know why you're allowed to do that? Because of something we have called the freedom of speech, which means you can say what you want to say whenever you want to say it. But it also means I can say whatever I want to say. That's right. Whenever I want to say it. America. So I've got something to say right now. I just want to wear a sleeveless flag tank top with an eagle flying out of my jacket. (laughs) As well as we should. I just noticed that Ru- that Rusev has control top wrestling tights. <laughs> I just noticed that. Look at that shit. It's just well placed. Hold that's, that. Hold that beer belly in. Tommy John underwear. You heard, you heard about that new Tommy you, John underwear? Oh yeah, dude. He's wearing he's wearing spanks. He's wearing manks. Nothing can stop the Rusev crush. It's a pretty good Lana impersonation, well, Zeb. I know something that'll stop it. I think a real American can stop it. Biff fucking Tannen can stop it. I think Jack <laughs> I'm just waiting for him to say, bitch. Stop it. And I want you both to stand there 
And I want you to listen to the sound of a real America come crashing down on your head. There you go. Because I want every real American in this building to please rise. Notice that he didn't come out with that shirt Put with the stupid hand on it. Oh yeah. Oh, he would have came out with his list trying to be a hard ass. You know what I like? I like the fact that Rusev is wa- about to wild out and he's being held back by a chick that weighs like 110 pounds, soaking wet with a brick in her pocket. And he wipes her ass with toilet paper. He wipes his ass with toilet paper that weighs more than her. Yeah, dude, and, she, and he, she's like hardcore holding him back. It's like that's like come on. Like, look at that Let's Go Swagger He's chat. Like, you know, you I know. control you. My vagina controls you. That's exactly what she says. That's what she's telling him in Russian. You know, Swagger's marking out that he's actually being cheered right now. And, yo, she is legit screaming. Like, look. He's super upset. Super tight right now. Jack Swagger wanted to have that moment like the mask <laughs> where he could just held the, the award. It was like, you like me? You yep. really like me? Oh, you know it, dude. They need to wrestle down south so Jack Swagger can get cheered like that on the regular. I never thought anyone would give a fuck about Jack Swagger. It's okay, Michael Cole. You can tell us how we really feel. It's okay. <laughs> It's okay. You can you can admit it. You can admit that you never thought you'd be cheering a closet racist and his muscle. <laughs> JBL wanted to say it, but they were just oh, you know it. Ear telling them, don't do it. You know, J- don't do it. JBL's like, I'm so glad you whooped that commie's ass. <laughs> you know, that's what he's saying. JBL's like, can you believe the shit this audience is saying? Shut up. <laughs> Can you believe this hammer and sickle worshiping son of a bitch? <laughs> why don't you put on a why don't you put a fur hat on Natasha? <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. JBL, you gotta chill, man. You can't do that. <laughs> Yo, she Lana, as much as just I love looking at her, she better pray that WWE is able to crank out enough overseas foreign communist wrestlers <laughs> to keep her afloat because once that's done she's on the future endeavors list well i'll tell you this dude I- i'll be honest i would have put cesaro with lana with 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 rusev as a stable yeah that would have yeah that would have probably been yeah that probably been logical yep i would have dude i would have done that because don't get me wrong Heyman is good with Cesaro, but the problem is Heyman is too big of a personality to be to for Cesaro. Like Lana with Heyman, Heyman's too big of yeah, yeah. Heyman's too big of a personality, and people don't get that Cesaro actually can talk. It's like when you saw Vicky with Dolph. It was yep. like okay, but Dolph doesn't need a voice box, right? That's exactly it, and that's that's what gets me. It's like we're in a situation where. People are like, oh, well, you know, the next Heyman guy. Like, the next Heyman guy could have been a dozen other dudes, but you could have put Cesaro. If you wanted to put Cesaro with somebody, you would have put him with Lana. Everybody, you know, we were talking about this, and they were like, yeah, but you saw that with Oksana. That shit bombed. They're like, that's because Oksana sucked. 
<laughs> you know, like like that's yeah, what that yeah, is. Yeah, like yeah, Exano was like the cool person at the time because they didn't have anybody really. Yep. So yeah, she was the most logical choice. And now, and and also because in the beginning they didn't believe that you know uh, Cesaro could talk, but the right. guy's a freaking work. He, I, I, I never understood it, but um, oh well. Can 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 you explain to me what's with Sheamus just tagging with the Usos and them thinking that they're boys? Like they just like they really think that like it, they really make it seem like they chill together on the regular. It's like uh, nah. Okay. You talk about a guy who needs a freaking manager. Yeah, Sheamus. Christ. Well, Sheamus needs a she, Sheamus needs to get himself a valet or a freaking manager. Well, oh, well, I, well here's, I'm done with his his whole Well you know fella. Hey whatever. Nah, I'm done with that shit. Dude, you know it's bad when you, you bring in a an Irish female wrestler in NXT and says, Oh, she knows Sheamus. <laughs> Dude, you on NXT they brought I'm that so chick. Caring. Yeah, and they were like, "Oh yeah, you know, she's from Ireland and blah blah blah. She likes to fight." And I'm like, "It's Sheamus with a wig." And then I'm like, "No, no, it's not." You know, but 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 you can see that, like, oh, like again, like, I, and I joke about it. The racial overcoats, like, yo, you bring in a chick, she's Irish. Why does she gotta come out in green and dance the jig on the way out? Why does she got to dance the jig in the ring? Why does she automatically know Seamus? Maybe she grew up in a bad part of Ireland. Maybe she grew up in an area where all she did was go to church and try not to protect her family from dying from the potato famine. Like, like, what are you doing? Like, like, it no, really... It could have been, been like, she could have been Scottish and be like, okay, um, I'm from Scotland. No, you're Irish. No, yep. I'm from Scotland. No, you're from Ireland. You're going to go out there and talk about haggis. Wait that check. <laughs> but, <laughs> that's what they'll do. Yeah, but that's the crazy thing. Like like all, like when I was watching um I, I believe her name was Becky Becky something. I forgot what, her, what what name they gave her, but I'm watching her wrestle on NXT and it's just the commentators like, "Hey, you know, she's from Ireland. Look, she's dancing the jig." And I'm like and they were like, "Hey, you know, she's a she she likes uh Fit Finley." I'm like, "Of course she does." Are you going to say she likes Lucky Charms next? <laughs> Are you going to say she likes Lucky Charms, that they're magically delicious? Are you going to say that she drinks green beer? Why doesn't she just come out and hand yeah. the audience green beer? Like, like, come on. Did her attire, because I've been watching it, did her attire have a four-leaf clover on I it? I believe it did, but it was green. <laughs> it was green. And, of course, she was a redhead, because that's how it is. I don't even know if she's a natural redhead or not, but... She she embodied every Irish stereotype. Thank you, Becky Lynch. Thank you, Slick. You are the man. Check the pews. Check the pews. Yeah, but, but dude, it, it's it, but that's what they're doing. It's like it's like Seamus. We get it. You're Irish. I understand. People like fella and the bro kick, and you allegedly like to drink a lot. Like like that's what it should be. It should just be him at a bar getting into a fight with Bad News Barrett as an angle. Like like you know. Uh, all right, you tell me. Wouldn't if this? Wouldn't if, Wouldn't this have been like the best opportunity to like take advantage of the World Cup and like yep. have like angles that did that? Like have? I mean, this would have been like that moment to do that. Yep. WWE is known to do hokey and bullshit. Like you know, the uh, uh, battle of the brawl and stuff like that. Right. Would have been cool to have like some type of, you know. 
angles where, you know, Sheamus is going against uh, 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 Banu's Barrett or or anybody else that's involved in the World Cup, like yep. like uh, like Alberto Del Rio and shit like that. Dude, that you could freaking cool. You could create matches like that. They, it, it, like they could have been showed a camera and been like earlier today, and it's like their guys are all watching the World Cup, and Sheamus is just like, oh, they're, 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 those English, they sure play like shit, and you see Bad News Barry, what? What did you say? And just all of a sudden, just a brawl breaks <laughs> yeah. out. Dude, it would have been it would have been perfect, but again, that would be logical. That would be exactly. logical. So, let's talk about Nikki Bella being pu- being punished by putting her in a match with the Funkadactyls. I don't know who really came out being punished there, her or the audience, because that match once again was shit, <laughs> steaming, festering go pile of shit. And I'm gonna say the audience was, but not that much because. We were really more punished by Stephanie McMahon's acting. Oh, dude, but but I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. I would have rather Bo Dallas's moment of silence would have extended through that match. I would have rather see that motherfucker Tebow all the way to the commercial break. You know, because it, it was. It, you're gonna get, like him. I'm 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 putting faith that you're gonna like this guy. You're gonna end up liking Bo Dallas. Well, here's here's the thing. I don't hate Bo Dallas because it's like <laughs> I'm Bowen. I'm one and Bo. Like it, it, what they gotta do is make sure that everything relating to Bo Dallas has the bow, like bow ring. Let me tell you. You know, my brother-in-law. My brother-in-law. He hits me up every time Bo Dallas is on and has to give me like a bow quip or anything. So he's like, oh, Lord, he's 11 and bow. That's <laughs> it's it. It's like the most hysterical thing to go with. Well, it's it's like it's funny because everybody, uh, when I when we were talking about Emma being uh, released, somebody put, I guess, Emertainment was, Emertainment was canceled. And I said, yeah, I guess she's unemployed. <laughs> <laughs> just, just me being a complete douchebag, you know, because that's what happens. But you know, like, 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 even now, it's like, like Bo Dallas. It's got to be exactly that, like, you know, uh, like T Bo. Like, it was like, dude, come on. That was pretty cool. Though. I didn't think that the freaking polls was gonna last that long. Oh, dude, it was great. Not to be a payoff after it was hilarious. You know what's funny? If you got like, like, like a, like a good home theater system. You hear people going, look at Tebow, and they're just yelling Tebow. <laughs> oh, it's so great. I heard it, and I just started laughing. It was fantastic. And then you know, the, the lights went out, and people were putting their cell phones. Oh, it was it great. Was just, oh, it's so epic. It's so freaking hilarious. It, it was, it, but you know what was funny? You, you take that, and then you give us that diva match, which, like I said, you could have just extended the, the, the Bo Dallas and um, then we find out that Bad News Barrett got some bad news of his own. You know, just, uh, yeah, that shoulder held together with Elmer's glue. Not good. And the crazy thing you with know, that. Go ahead. Oh, I get, I'm sorry, but this is the thing that really tore, it, it, it turns me off. And where, where everybody sits there and they're like, well, you know, WWE is talking about that they can't give Dolph a run because he's injury prone. And then. This is the shit we get. This guy gets freaking Wade Barrett, who just came back from freaking surgery and injury. He gets hurt again. Well, you know, you know what I like. Uh, I like the fact that 
that that the announced team goes, do you think he got injured from delivering so much bad news? And I'm like, did I just hear that? Like, I was just like, yo, Jerry Lawler, you, Michael Cole, JBL, jump in a car and turn the ignition on in an enclosed area. Because holy shit, was that terrible. Oh, dude, it was fucking, it was shit. I'm like, really? Like, maybe it was just because he delivered so much bad news. I'm like, maybe it's because his shoulders held together with fucking silly putty and your fucking surgical team was shit. It's like, it's, I'm like, that's just, Listen, like the commentators sometimes do, they kill me. I'm going to be honest to, and myself to honestly say that none of these guys thought that up. Somebody in yep, the back. Somebody fed him that shitty line. Ear, it said it. Yep. And they all looked at each other and said, who's going to say this one? Yep. I could honestly say possibly maybe, maybe the exception of Michael Cole, but these guys are more wittier than that. Well, you know, you know what was <laughs> funny? Somebody to say it, damn it. I was like, but, oh, fuck. Well, maybe he got Well, you know what's funny? You know those motherfuckers are drawing straws when the camera's not on them? Like, who's going to say that? And it's like, JBL, it's you. Well, maybe bad news, bad, you know, and then Michael Cole's like, fuck it, I'll take the grenade. Maybe it was just from him like, delivering bad news so much. And JBL goes, oh, you're come on. You ride into the next town, you're buying the beers. That's it. Fuck, okay, I'll do it. Yep, because the best part was when they said that, JBL's like, get out of here. <laughs> that, dude, it was, it was, it was great. <laughs> I like what Slick brought up. Me and my wife were talking about this. The best is at the pay-per-view when only Jerry Lawler's drinking the Mountain Dew. And it's true. It's like, it's like yo, at least if you're going to plug the shit, drink it. Like, like the camera comes back and you're drinking some Mountain Dew and you're like, oh, I was just real thirsty. Anyway, let's talk about this match. And it looks more fluid. I'm tired of seeing just fucking green fucking slime in a bottle. And it's not open. Like, Jerry Lawler, you know, Jerry Lawler's drinking the fucking... The, drinking that Mountain Dew just fuck it, it, Slick said it. It keeps Jerry's heart going. You know that motherfucker's drinking it. That's why he was so hype. He would. You know what? You know yeah, what? So him, he that, has to show that he's drinking it because putting it in an IV would just be wrong. <laughs> Dude, that's not Mountain Dew. That's Mojo Rawley sweat. You don't get hype. You stay hype. <laughs> fucking terrible the other the other thing i gotta talk about dude this cesaro kofi why did kofi kingston get beat like a slave during this match like what did kofi do so even, wrong other than get the roll lost. up during the commercial I break was lost. i yeah i was lost <laughs> i thought maybe because of the injury that cesaro had they needed something to do with him right but once again it's why, why, Kofi, why? Well, you know what was funny? I, I said to myself, maybe the ref, because they have a rule that if the ref fucks up the pinfall, that it's got to stand. So maybe, I said, maybe they fucked up the pinfall, and then all of a sudden, you know, they had to fucking run with it, so they redeemed it by just having Cesaro wild out. You know, which was good, I, dude. But you know what it is? Like, Cesaro needs to just wild out on the regular now. Every time he loses in some bullshit way, he just needs to beat the guy like he stole something. I just, uh, you know, it, it, it becomes what, but we, we really can't do that because it starts becoming that whole going back to, like, the, the Rusev shit. Like, we're going to start beating up black guys again. Well, you don't got to beat oh, up a, every, you don't got to beat that season. Dude, you don't, <laughs> you don't got to beat up a black guy every week. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying, like, oh, all right. No. 
No, no, no. It will be because you just mentioned Kofi getting his ass with. Believe me, next next Raw it'll be Xavier Woods. Don't worry. About oh yeah, it'll be Cesaro <laughs> versus Xavier Woods. And here's the best part: you're you have a full network that you want me to pay ten dollars a month for. So rather than promote the network, no, you want me to you want me to watch an app on my phone while I'm watching TV. Do they not understand that people's multitasking skills don't go any further than checking Twitter and or Facebook or Instagram while watching TV? Like, you want motherfuckers to legitimately open an app and use that shit at the same time? You expect too much, ladies and gents. How's that tout going? How's tout? Oh, Oh, dude, I was... You want to know what's funny? I met met the representatives (laughs) from tout... A month before WWE started working with them, and I thought the service was awesome. I'm like, yo, this shit is gonna take off. And it's like, you know, the guys at Tout are just cursing Instagram every chance they get. Every fucking chance. I don't even think they show the Tout icon anymore. When they show social media outlets, they just show everything except Tout. Tout has like gone away of the dodo bird and dude i i use tout myspace i use tout to tout hurricane sandy updates from work like i would walk outside i'd take the tout app and be like well there's a light pole that's falling over somebody should do something about that or hey look that's where the guy got shot when the Asian guy went crazy and shot his coworkers in that factory by my job. Or hey, look, the gas station is actually open without a line. <laughs> yeah, I kid you not. WWE has not been, you know, the pristine market finder. <laughs> no, dude. Like like they get lucky with Twitter and 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 even when they get lucky with Twitter, they tell people to use the worst hashtags. Like <laughs> hashtag your mom's box. Like what? <laughs> I thought I was the only one who noticed that. Yo, their like, hashtags I can't are even shit. Get that as a hashtag. <laughs> hashtag Dolph Ziggler's pink tights. What? Why? <laughs> you know, like it, it makes no sense. Like, uh, it, like when the great Kali came out and when killed. Was the last time, when, when was the last time that you ever hashtag Batista's blue trunks? Like, <laughs> like, like what? Like it's easier to hashtag Blue Tista. Or Bootista, hashtag Bootista, which they did that one day where they're like, Bootista is trending. Hmm, that's a little a little odd. It's like, you motherfuckers didn't make that up. Shut up. <laughs> you lying bastards. They're like, oh, look, Bootista is trending. Not because of you, Vince. Not because of you. You. <laughs> Seriously. And then it's like, you know, Great Khali getting killed, you know, you. killing Damian Sandow. Go ahead. In the next couple of weeks, MySpace is coming back, and <laughs> WWE is going to push all their theme music just to MySpace. You can get it. No, not on iTunes anymore. That's how bad they've gone. Oh, <laughs> fuck that. Find your favorite superstar profiles on Orcut. <laughs> <laughs> find, f- keep up with your favorite superstar. That's- Darren Young. On Black Planet. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Keep up. Get Biggie's updates by heading over to Black Planet. Oh, you want to follow Rosa Mendez? Mihente.com. <laughs> <laughs>
terrible dude terrible but that's what they do they it's like they come to the party way too late and then it's like hashtag trending money in the bank ladder match it's like why don't you just say mitb wwe fucking assholes aol chat room name that's it age sex location oh dude just asl Chat with your, chat on the W dude you you log into the WWE app and it'll say chat with your favorite superstars and it's fucking aim and it's like Biggie Langston and he's like writing ASL and you're like what is this really Biggie Langston ASL bitch <laughs> pick for pick and that, uh, I'm sorry <laughs> just horrible dude just pick for pick. Fuck that, dude! <laughs> you, you, you laugh, you laugh, but it's like, yo, but that's it, that's how yo, it was. It is so feasible. It is exactly how it was. You know, it, it's. Oh, and, and I feel man. bad. I genuinely feel bad for them. <laughs> where, where, where were we again? <laughs> anyway, let's let's wrap this shit up. So yeah, great colleague killed Damian Sandow. The great colleague clearly had two camel humps for knees. That's why he was able to waddle his ass out there. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I was so surprised that somebody didn't put him on a hand truck and just, like, lead him towards the ring and just, like, said, you're going to kill um, Damian Sandow right now. Oh, uh, I like him. <laughs> I, just, I just didn't get it. Dude, great Kali, I say it all the time, roll him out like Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> roll him out. Just put him on a hand truck. Great Kali. You know, you know the you know the hand truck that they put the refrigerators on. Yep, just roll him out <laughs> in that shit. Dude, just have Rumjin Singh push him out, and it's just like, yo, just make the Great Kali like that's how I would book the Great Kali like a criminal, like Hannibal Lecter, where he comes out for a match on a hand truck, and they they gotta uncuff him and shit, and he wrestles kind of like a modern day Kamala. It's just no, Great Kali comes out. Box. He has to be in that box. That you have to get the nail because you have to get the, the hammer. So you get His the entrance takes half an hour. Ugh, <laughs> yes. fucking terrible. You have to pull him out of there. Dude. Anyway, all I got to say is The Miz comes back and. That's what that wait, was. Wait, 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 wait. You're just saying for that moment, right? For that moment. Dude, the Miz came back. Okay, okay. I said, I, I said, why is the Miz dressed like Johnny Depp from Blow? <laughs> I'm like, yo, why is he? Why I is thought he? he was an extra from um, Less Than Zero. <laughs> I'm like, yo, what is happening? Like, Miz, who told you that was a good idea? It's like, why did? Why do you come out dressed like Johnny Depp and Blow? Why do you come out dressed like an extra from just a bad '90s movie, like the douchey boyfriend? Like, like you look like one of the like one of the rich guys from Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> like, like Chris Jericho. Well, Chris Jericho when, needed when to interrupt him. I saw him. him. I was like, I guess um, costume said, "I'm gonna dress you like a douche." Yep. And this is what a douche should look like. Yo, but he had like a chick scarf on. It's like, dude, why do you have a pashmina on? You're a guy. It was like, you know what was funny? The Miz was probably like, Where, where's Rick? Me and Rick are supposed to debut tonight. Uh, nah, Miz, you're going out by yourself tonight. But but I thought I thought me and Bernie. Rick. He was Bernie. Yep, that he was, was straight Bernie, dude. Bernie, he was Bernie. Hey, Bernie Lomax. 
It was fucking dude, terrible, dude. dude. Like, yeah, yo, the Miz, the the Miz was saved by Chris Jericho. Like Chris Jericho saved well, no, him. No. But let me tell you, if, if if everybody didn't know about it, that was like the big swerve about it because it was already like yep. thrown out there like the day the day before yep. or that same day that Jericho was coming. Yep. And when they, they I you know, that WWE can be somewhat smart. Yep. So they know what to do and they put it out there. Because when Jericho came out, I kid you not, even though I knew that he was coming out, I fucking marked out. Everybody yeah, in my dude. house marked out about that. Well, shit. you know what was funny? Chris Jericho said, dude, he flew to Boston. Flew to Boston and drove from Boston to Connecticut to not spoil it. Like, you know how crazy that is? Like, Chris Jericho just shows up, gets a rental car, rents like rents like a, like a fucking Dodge Dart, throws his glow-in-the-dark jacket <laughs> in the back with his small man bag. Because, you know, he's got like a small leather bag with like three pairs of tight jeans and one pair of beat-up boots. I would have been more impressed if he, he drove to the arena in a gremlin. I would have been more impressed by that. Oh, my God. But the music that's hits. That's what he does. He does that. He likes he likes to do that. He likes right. to, to, to have that swirl. He loves that. Well, that's what... But it worked out so well. And, and it was funny because Jericho was talking about it. He's like, yeah, man, you know, I drove down and, you know, it was it was cool. And I said to myself, that's how you avoid the internet. Oh, it's like, oh, Chris Jericho's in Boston. Like, all right, great. You know, it's like, okay. Dude walks up to like like budget rent a car and he's like, oh, just 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 hook me up with, with the shittiest car you got. And the guy's like, aren't you Chris Jericho? Nah, you really do look like Chris Jericho. No, but you might know my brother Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> dude, he straight looks like Gordon Ramsay, dude. Oh, dude, kills seriously, it's crazy. It's but crazy. Like, you know, for anybody who really gives a fuck, who really cares, like, when it comes to wrestlers, like, I always tend to forget Jericho because with, when, I, when, I, when they ask me who's my favorite wrestler because he's, like, automatic. Like, it, it, it's like it's like Hulk Hogan. Like, yep. everybody will say, who's your favorite wrestler? They're, oh, Hulk Hogan. Whatever. Jericho is my automatic, like, Hulk Hogan because I shouldn't even have to mention him because he's that dude. Right. Like, I think, you know, I, I, I was asked before, like, do, who do you want to take pictures with? And, and I'm like, I'm not into all that shit. Jericho is that guy I would want to take a picture with. Like, yeah. he's, he's my mark-out guy, that guy. Well, you know what the thing is with Chris Jericho? And it's funny because Chris Jericho is the only guy that says, yeah, I want to come back and put someone over. Yeah. Like, like that's it, it, crazy. It, who does that? Yep. Like, they, I mean, you you already know that. He'll maybe get the payoff at the end. Right. They give him another intercontinental belt. Right. Or another United States belt. Or maybe, you know, a WWE, whatever. But he doesn't care. He's like, yeah, nope. I'll put somebody over. Whatever. Yep. It's fun. I, I just want to do the, the whole pageantry of it. He loves the art of it. That's, That's right. That's so fucking awesome. That's awesome. So... Dolph Ziggler took on Fandango, and the whole payoff for this match was Summer Rae making out with Dolph Ziggler in the ring. And I, and I just, the worst part is that if I were a, I'm sure if I were a commentator, I'd be fired that day because I'd be like, yo, who doesn't she make out with? 
just pictures of Summer Rae making out with fans on the way to the arena, making out with a dude at fucking Dunkin' Donuts, making out with a barrister at Starbucks. Like, does WWE have a herpes policy? Do we have a policy for herpes? It's it's no? like it's like yo, I, like, and you know what it is? They figure that her, you know, tonguing down, tonguing down these dudes makes it look makes her look more attractive and i'm just waiting for her to open her beak and dangle the worm out like I, you know, <laughs> the thing i know what, what hurts me more is that this is what we have now brought Dolph to yep this is this is what it is yep this is what we've done slick is saying that I she's going to be selling makeout sessions at comic-con life. yeah it's like a makeout session like really like, my whole ambition in life <laughs> is to hope that somebody reads one of my screenplays <laughs> and pays me enough money to be recognized in the film industry so that they say, oh, what do you want to do now? And it's, I want to write for wrestling because I got to give Dolph the championship because yeah, this fucking sucks right now. Dude, it, it's like I'm watching it and I'm like, I'm like, oh, look, <laughs> Fandango got a kiss from Layla. Oh, Layla alluded to the fact that she has big boobs. Oh, look, it's the bird. Here she comes. Oh, she's wearing similar colors like Dolph. Oh, fuck, I know what's going to happen. <laughs> like that. Oh. I saw it. I was just like, ah, oh, there we go. And that was it. And then it's like you, you, they rush through that because, you know, we got, they got to give us more stardust, you know, because they can only have matches with Rybaxel. <laughs> like, it's like, yo. And that's, you know, and that's the big like, I'm hoping the payoff is something else other than that because, like I said, I'm not a big Cody fan, but I got to give him the fucking credit for yep. the, 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 the commitment he's done to this yep. thing. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. When he comes to the screen, I just, I have to watch it. I really do. I have to watch him. Well, you and know, his, go ahead. his moveset is all changed and everything. Well, you know what's funny? I was watching I was watching the thing where they have like Brandy like Brandy looking for for Stardust and you know, she's his she's his wife. So it's funny because I you know, my wife says to me, she's like, I doubt she has trouble finding Stardust. And I said to her, Imagine that she's gotta wake up and that motherfucker's putting on the makeup and contacts and shit. She's like, Really? You gotta put that on in the house? I gotta get in character. Stardust is on her chest at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> dude, she catch my drift. Oh yeah, d- whack, dude. Whack. Dude, <laughs> she rolls over. Cody Rhodes forgets to take the contacts out. He opens his eyes. She just runs out screaming. She's <laughs> just terrible. Oh, it's fantastic, dude. She, she has stardust in between, like her right thigh and uh, her hip bone. It's like, oh jeez, you know where stardust is. Yeah, there, there you go. <laughs> well, speaking speaking of that, AJ came back. <laughs> <laughs> and the oh. and the internet collectively oh. had that happen. But the thing that ruined that that was funny was AJ comes back, the crowd goes crazy, and then it's like this is the end of the page experiment. That's as soon as I saw AJ on my screen because I had went to get a water out of the fridge. I come back and I'm like, well, there goes the page experiment, and sure as shit, that's where it went. Well, you all right, all right. I, I I understand where you're coming from with that one, but do you really think that she won't see a title run in the next year? Oh, no. Paige will get the belt back, but you know what it is? That, again, she was a good worker 
but she wasn't carrying. You get what I'm saying? Like AJ right. carrying the so, title so can so carry the. This. Why give it back to AJ? Because AJ, this I think the AJ title run was a piece of. Think about this, especially the baggage that she has with her. <coughs> yeah, well, yeah, but that I think the title, the title was two things. Number one, Paige, Paige will probably be better a as a heel with AJ as a face, or B, chasing the title. And the other option, which I which I kind of felt, this is an olive branch from the company. Because of, you know, he who shall not be named. <laughs> yeah, that, those who, who, who do not speak him. Right. No, but, but you, know, yeah, you know, I would go with the latter, but... To me, when she, when when AJ won it, it was, I, I, I don't know, it was lackluster for me because it was like, it was kind of predictable, but on the other end, it was like, why? Like, just why? Like, why would you? I don't know. I Because me being a wrestling enthusiast, I'm looking at Paige, who is a worker. It's like, right. okay, you just made her look like she can't work for shit. Like, right. You just fucked her over. Yeah, but that's probably straight from you the boss. In, you yeah, you put her in the same category as in like Alicia Fox or yep, a Nikki. Like, why would you do that? The girl works. Right, but know. but it, it, it didn't seem right to me. Right, but I think that they did that because that was probably a, a decision from the top. You got to remember, in Vince's in Vince's mind, allegedly Vince wasn't sold on the character. Plus, he's also handling personally whatever arrangements are being made with he who shall not be named. So, you know, this was, this, you never know, this might be all part of a bigger picture. Might be. Might not be. We could speculate well, all we it, want. If it leads to, like I said, I'm, I'm, I, I've been one of those scorned girlfriends who sit there going like, oh, well, he left me, whatever, I, I don't care if he comes back. Right, and then when the theme music hits, it's like, "Oh, punk! I love you." Right, but um, if it if it leads to that kind of angle, okay, I'm I, I can I could I could roll with it. That's what I'm saying. But yeah, but uh, I don't know. It, it just it, it it just felt weird to me for that. Well, the, the you know to close out to close out the the matches for Raw. Of course, we got the the. The inevitable tag team match, with, which led to the possibility of of a cash in. Uh, a couple of things out of that match that came out really well was the fact that Roman Reigns came back to save Cena, which you know can 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 it make Cena say, "Oh, you know, I thought you were going to leave me hanging back there," and that could that could create a little tension because Roman Reigns is like, "Did you really need me to save you?" Like you know, you could do shit like that. You know, the inevitable. Ambrose Rollins collision was going to happen, which was great. And the foreshadowing with Reigns and Triple H at the end was a solid way to close it out. Because that's where that's going. Sooner rather than later, obviously. Well, when I went, when all that was wrapping up, it was, you know, cookie cutter, you know, crackers left in the road. It looked like right. you know, we knew what was going to happen. Right, I know, because as soon as the music hit and Seth was sitting there talking, you know, coming out to it, I was like, "Dean is going to come out and yeah, stop of course it. he is." But of he is. the build-up was better than I expected. 
it was it, it, it came out more you know more 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 natural than it should be, which leads me to believe it's like is Triple H coming back or like what right. But but that's um, the inevitable collision course was established. Well, for, but for what I'm saying, for the long run, with the ending of Raw, I thought that putting Roman over the way he did on Kane is gonna help vault him to that upper status that yep. we should be seeing probably the next year. There you go. Well, I just want to go through these uh, these last couple of news items to wrap things up. Uh, there's a strong rumor going around that Vicky Guerrero may be going into the Hall of Fame sooner rather than later. What do you think? Not deserving. Not deserving. Nope. I Not say deserving. I say you're gonna put nope. Vicky in there before you put, you know, Randy Savage, Rick Rude. No, I'm not. I, I wouldn't even put like in that category of that. Just for the small tenure she had, is not deserving. I, I wouldn't even put her in that echelon of Rick Rude or. Macho Man. It's just it's still not deserving. Yeah, well, she still has like a probably probably five years, I would even say. Well, we'll see. I mean, it, like I said, it's a rumor that was floating around, and I, I was curious to see how, how you felt about it because I saw it, and I was just like, really, you're going to put her in for what exactly? You know, like it just to felt honest, weird. Her, her, her last, the, the, last send-off in which... You know, the whole Eddie thing yeah. was involved was, like, the most, like, the classy way thing I, I, I had with WWE in the past year or so. Which right. I was like, wow. Was, it still wouldn't fucking get me over to put her in the Hall, Hall of Fame. Yep. Well, I mean, like I said, it's a rumor. The other thing I, um, I heard is that when WWE goes to Japan, they'll be officially announcing the signing of Kenta. So that's going to be pretty big. I think that's going to be great just from a news and and press standpoint in Japan. Plus, I'm curious to see how well the Japanese audience takes to WWE superstars. I think I think it's going to be very interesting. Those Japanese shows are going to be very telling of, you know, how that market is going to work for them. They better throw out the best of the best in those or in those yep. They better throw out the Rollins, the Ambrose, um, shit. They don't even have. They don't even have Danny Bryan or Punk there. Like they better throw them because those are the ones that the the, the Japanese or the Japanese audience appreciates. So, right. Well, and I... as for the signing of Kentai, unfortunately, as good as he is, yep, they're gonna fuck him. Yep, I know. Well, the one thing I gotta say is that. And this goes to to the wrestling fans that don't that don't know Puro, uh, Japanese style wrestling. Please note that if you're watching Raw in Japan and you don't see the audience cheering out of their seats, it's not because the crowd sucks. It is because it is a show of respect. So before you know, because the the fucking Japanese crowd sucked, you know. I mean, they're probably gonna be hype. Fucking downplay the audience. Ninety seconds. Just a quick reminder, if you're listening to the Blog Talk Radio feed, it will be going off air in 90 seconds. You can continue listening by heading over to MTR Live or GFQ.TV, and you can watch and chat and listen to the show live for the remainder. Go ahead. You were saying? No, I said that the um, they, they sit there and they just drop the order because, yeah, like you said, it's, it's, 
sixty seconds. Yeah, I think I think with Can't that be murder. Can't say it'll be murder. They're gonna murder him in WWE. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously his signing will be huge, but unless they, you know, give him either a good mouthpiece or he's just picks up English very well, it's gonna be one of those things where, you know, it's going to not work out as expected. And considering the amount of press that's going into his signing, they can't afford for it to fail. The only thing that I really would say is that he comes there and I would have questioned is, is he going to bring the GTS because... Can't use it. I mean, can't use it, really. It's like, he was the originator and it's yep. the best one it's ever. He's the, he's the originator. Yep, can't use he it. He originated it. And I don't think, I don't think the the... The the talent that's Ten you know, seconds. who can receive it can receive it the way that he did he does it. Yep, you know that's so true. I think he has to come to WWE with a new finisher. I'm sure they're I'm sure they're going to um to work on that. Uh, like I said, we'll yeah. see what happens if the signing is official. And lastly, of course, the the big story the uh, the Emma arrest, which um, as soon as I saw it, <laughs> as soon as I saw it, first of all, I said to myself. This is going to go really good or really bad. And, you know, when it was like, oh, you know, self-checkout issues, blah, blah, blah. I, I've, I read it and I'm like, you know what? That's happened to me before. So, you know, it, it, like I didn't think anything of it. Then when I saw that she got released, you know, we were joking about it on the fan page. And I said to myself, Cameron got arrested for a DUI, brought, uh, offered a police officer $10,000 and didn't tell WWE that she got arrested and she still got a job. Just saying. I am. Um, I've come to the realization that WWE does not have a good legal counsel for their entertainers. Right. I mean, in I'm, I'm, I'm from what I'm looking at it, they're telling their, performers that they need to have their own legal counsel. Right. Because once I got wind of it, I didn't say you saw I didn't say anything about it. I nope. didn't mention it or anything else. And I was like, okay. And then once it was brought out that she's released, I was really over a freaking iPod case? Well that's what I said. I'm like, yo, she got it she got hours later Yep. We re sign her. Well here's the thing that got me. She got charged with larceny was released with for with community service and her lawyer said that it was a misunderstanding. So right there, if she's saying it and the lawyer's like, oh, it was, you know, it was a misunderstanding, whatever. Like I'm thinking to myself, listen, I understand you're probably not getting paid an arm and a leg, but are you really gonna 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 walk out with a twenty dollar iPad case? Really? Like, you know, it just makes no. you que- it just well, makes you no, question. What it. happened was she wasn't a recognizable star. Yep. And she got caught up because if it would have been a John Cena or it would have been a Randy Orton or one of those, they would have been like, oh, I know who you are. Oh, oh no, I know it's an understand, a misunderstanding. Yep. Okay, it's everything's fine. She wasn't recognizable, so they yep. had to put her in. She looked like a regular common-ass girl from Connecticut. Yep. And the thing that got me was that when TMZ, it, the funny thing was, when TMZ put it up like, yo, y'all really fired this chick for $20? And, you know, it, it really didn't do WWE any favors because it made them realize, like, yo, really? Like, like yo, you, 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 y'all really deaded a chick for 20 bones considering some of the dudes you got on your roster. 
My 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 whole thought about it, and it, even if the work that I do with with my take and everything, you know, God forbid if something occurred that my name came up as something, at least give me a week to of explanation or yep. something to go down. Yep, let like, me defend it. At least a week, sort of. You can say, you know, Jay Santy was released from MTR, you know, after a week because of whatever. Yeah, they released her like three days after, and it was like, whoa, 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 no, fuck that. Well, no, no, she wasn't. Come on, guys, you know, give it a break. Well, what they were saying was that they realized after they released her that they looked really stupid because they're like, yo, Alex <laughs> Riley, Alex Riley, Jack Swagger, Cameron, um, you know, the countless, countless dudes that have been popped, like countless rookies that were popped for 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 booze. You know, Reed Flair, the list goes on. Teddy Hart, I think, got bagged once. Like, Randy Orton, Stone Cold beat his wife. Thank you, Slick. Stone Cold beat his wife. Stone Cold gave Deborah McMichael the stunner. You know, and it's just like, Stone Cold's still there. Randy Orton shit in a chick's bag. That's all I got to say. Allegedly. Allegedly. Allegedly, the, the Allegedly. DNA from the stool sample did not confirm nor deny that Randy Orton was the guy who shit Although in that bag. Great story. Oh, it's an amazing story. But but that's what I'm saying. So you know, you look at that stuff and you're like, really a twenty dollar case? Come on, crazy. But you know, I figured it would need to be addressed. I, I figured it would be need to be addressed because I felt that this this little bit of micromanagement on WWE's part didn't do them any favors. It didn't. Yeah, because think they're about- so afraid that once it gets into the mainstream, that they're feeling that it damages the the company and their 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 agenda, whatever. But it's like, really, guys, at least give it, you know, give it the the, the benefit of the doubt. Give it a week. That's it. Was ready to can her in three days. Yep. Wow. Not only that, but at least let her lawyer mount the defense if it's legit. Because think about it. And let's be realistic. Let's say it was all a misunderstanding and she would have lost her job. She could have sued Walmart. Well, that, of course. And But what it was, the major factor was that the mugshot went out. Yep. And that's what it was that was supposed to be the the, the, the jury and the judge, you know, deferment. It was like, once the mugshot went out, they was like, oh, no, we can't have one of our, our, our talent with a mugshot. Dude, so Caitlyn like, had a mugshot. Home. List of that. <laughs> it's like, yo. In your freaking Rolodex. Dude, Caitlyn had a mugshot, and dudes were like, yo, that's the hottest mugshot I've ever seen. I was about to say, that mugshot was sexy. You know, Taryn, <laughs> Taryn Terrell had a mugshot when she got into that, that issue. And that mugshot was sexy. There you go. <laughs> but that, but you get what I'm saying? Like, like the list goes on and on and on. And it's like, it's like yo, really, for $20? $20. Again, Cameron brought was bribing a cop with 10 G's 10 yeah bribery you are bribing an officer of the law you had a wrestler that just (laughs) came out of a show a live show was pulled out of the parking lot and stopped for marijuana usage yep hashtag jack swagger (laughs) There you and go. nobody said anything about that. Yep. It was all good. No problem. Yeah, that's yep. insane. That's all I'm saying. But, you know, this, this story right now, 
like like they brought her back. I'm sure she's gonna be very she's she's grateful to be back, but I feel that her view of the company at this point it, it it's sullied. Like it like I wouldn't be shocked if when her deal is a legitimately up if she didn't resign. I listen, they need to give her the belt quick so she don't <laughs> drop a lawsuit on somebody. Yep. <laughs> Throw a belt on her fast. There you go. Well, other than that, man, it was a it was a busy week in wrestling. Um, of course, make sure to uh, check out Jay's face heel of the week and um, be on the lookout for content from him on MyTakeRadio.com. Of course, you can follow Jay on Twitter at JSantiPSW. Anything else you wanted to add? Listen, boss, I'm going to be here next week if you want me there. <laughs> this yeah. post is provided by Corona. There you go. I'm going to be here for the fifth anniversary. There you Did go. You think that we were going to do it this long? I've been here with the fan for two years. I'm going to try to be here for the tenth. There you go. Love you. Love right. the fam and love everything we do. All right, my dude. Thanks as always. I appreciate it. All right, later. Peace. There you go. That was our very own Jay Santi. Uh, we are definitely into OT, so let's jump into this week's gaming segment, shall we? If you are wondering what this is, it is because these LED lights are incredibly hot and my room is about 85 four degrees right now because I wasn't sure if the AC would or would not come out during the uh, during the recording of the show for this week. So please uh, don't think anything weird is going on right now. Anyway, so let's open things up with Battlefield Hardline, which of course the beta for that was re- announced shortly after E3 and a lot of people jumped on it right away. Um, but here's the cool thing. It looks like other consoles will be getting access to the Battlefield beta as well including PS3, Xbox One, and the Xbox 360. The Battlefield Hardline, officially, the game officially hits stores October 21st, but the beta will be hitting other consoles as well. Once we get an official release date, we will definitely share it with you guys. While we are on the subject of betas, the Destiny beta is also getting an additional distribution portal Um, And it will be available on the Xbox 360 and the Xbox One as well. As of right now, the beta is scheduled to begin later on this month. Of course, the exclusivity period for the PlayStation, um, you know, will be probably roughly two weeks when the game hits stores. Uh, The full game hits retail September 9th. Of course, PS4, PS3, Xbox One and Xbox 360. So there you have it. We got two betas for two highly anticipated games hitting multi multiple platforms within the next couple of weeks. Again, uh, the Destiny beta, from what I saw, looks incredibly promising, as does Battlefield Hardline. But I didn't get enough time with it to uh, deter- have a full assessment. But once the full demos, uh, the full betas come out, we will definitely try our best to stream some stuff out there. I know I owe you guys an EA Sports UFC review as well. Hopefully, I will have that completed over the holiday weekend. In some news that I'm sure Slick is going to be looking forward to, uh, EA, uh, um, excuse me, Sony announced that they will be releasing a new game, Escape Dead Island, which will be hitting 
uh, PlayStation 3, Xbox 360, and the PC this fall. And Escape Dead Island will be taking place between the original Dead Island and Dead Island 2. So for those of you that are Dead Island fans, much like Slick, you'll be able to pick up Escape Dead Island later this fall. Now, the thing is with this game, like I said, it bridges, um, excuse me, Deep Silver. Thank you, Slick. But Sony, Sony was the company that put out the announcement. Um, ah, very interesting. Slick just informed me that it is a stealth game and you are not immune. Oh, so that's going to make strategy for this game very, very interesting. Uh, players, of course, will be able to explore a brand new island. And, of course, like like Slick was saying, it will be a stealth game. And you have to avoid the undead who can hear you and smell you. So it's going to make it a very, very interesting experience. And I'm sure Slick is counting it down. Really, it, 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 Slick is telling me that it's Banoi. But according to the, uh, the notes I have here... Um, they're saying that it's a brand new island. According to, uh, let me, let me read this statement verbatim. Um, Alexander, T- uh, Toplansky, I probably murdered this guy's name. Senior narrative producer for deep silver said escape dead Island represents a crucial bridge between the events of dead Island and dead Island two. And will finally reveal the origins of the virus. Even some tantalizing clues where the events are going to lead. But it's going to be up to you to decide what to believe. That's because this, this story-driven single-player game is played through the eyes of Cliff Callow, who's watching his world unravel. Now, he went on to say, Cliff is the spoiled son of a powerful media mogul who has stolen a yacht with his friends determined to film the documentary of the century, exposing the truth about the Banoi outbreak to the public. Their plan infiltrate the archipelago's top-secret quarantine island, of Narapela and document everything. As I said, players will be able to freely explore the all new island, sneaking around to avoid the undead who can see you and he, uh, excuse me, who can hear you and smell you. Uh, went, the statement went on to say the following uh, Cliff struggles with his own sanity as the world around him begins to become increasingly unpredictable. Time distorts and folds in on itself. Strange messages appear and impossible events shatter reality. Oceans turn to blood. Containers plummet from the clear sky. If Cliff had any thoughts about doing a routine documentary, he'd be dead wrong. So uh, very, very interesting. Um, I'm going to try and send this to Slick so he can dig a little deeper because he's telling me he read something different. But again, once we hear more, either we will report it on air or Slick, of course, will review it. So, again, be on the lookout for more details as they develop. For those of you that are playing Watch Dogs currently, I'm sure you'll be pleased to know that a brand new uh, patch, well, a brand new bit of DLC, not a patch, excuse me, um, was released. It's going to include three new single player missions released as DLC, of course, if you have the season pass, you will have been able to get those already. The seasons include the, uh, excuse me, the missions include the palace, signature shot, and breakthrough. You're also going to get new weapons, including the biometric rifle, the auto six pistol, plus you're going to get a dead sec battery boost, a bloom weapon boost, a driving master boost, and an ATM hack boost. Now, again, like I said, this DLC is available to those of you that have a season pass already. If not, you can pick up the season pass for $19.99. Of course, Watch Dogs is available for PC, PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4, Xbox 360, and Xbox One. For those of you watching with 
with with much interest for a Wii U version. You'll be able to pick that up this fall. As of right now, Watch Dogs is considered Ubisoft's best-selling game since it sold 4 million copies in 4 days. So definitely very cool. Again, if you put down Watch Dogs or you put it to the side, uh, the DLC will breathe some fresh life into the game. Pick it up. Again, Season Pass is $19.99. So the next bit of news is you can kind of throw it in the what the fuck category. It actually comes courtesy of our New York uh, New York Daily newspaper here. And um, it actually is about Lindsay Lohan deciding to file a lawsuit against Rockstar and Take-Two Interactive. Now, you're probably asking yourself, why would Lindsay Lohan be filing a lawsuit against Rockstar and Take-Two? Well, according to her, she says that the creators of GTA 5 use her image and likeness without her permission. Previously, she had threatened to sue the companies about seven months ago because she claims that the minor in-game character Lacey Jonesa is based on her likeness. The lawsuit also notes that the game features the Chateau Marmot Hotel, where Lohan previously li- previously lived in West Hollywood. Of course, the game has an optional side mission after meeting uh, Jonas. Oh, it is Jonas. Excuse me. Lacey Jonas. Sorry about that. Where players have to escape an aggressive group of photographers. Now, of course, um, a representative for Take-Two declined to comment on the lawsuit, but did note that the company does not publicly discuss legal matters. The way I see it is Lindsay Lohan, she's if her 15 minutes of fame are are are, if it's any indication that they are up, this is definitely it because GTA five has been out for how long and all of a sudden now you're you're going back to to trying to file a lawsuit. I'm sure that either a they'll just toss her some money to make her go away or b they're just going to laugh in her face and drag it out in court until she runs out of money. Like Slick said in the chat, didn't this already get squashed? It did. The character she claims to be is based is is the character she claims is based on her is based on a model. That's what Slick said in the chat. The thing that gets me is that again, if you were a celebrity that was um, success not successful but just more recognizable and in a, in better view of the public, you wouldn't be suing Rockstar or GTA because you couldn't give a shit. But given that this is who we're dealing with. This particular bit of news does not surprise me. Now, again, where do they go from here? Do they pay her off? Do they fight the lawsuit in court? Again, that remains to be seen. But of course, as the story develops, we will make sure to share it with you guys. Last bit of gaming news to bring it home is a brand new DLC pack for DC Universe Online, which is free to play on the PS3 and the PS4. It's a game that, um, you know, I can jump right into and and play a couple of a uh, couple of levels here and there. It's a, it's very enjoyable MMO style DC game. Which uh, considering that there's a sale running on the DLC right now, you might be it might be worth picking it up. I mean, the latest one they they dropped is the Hall of Power Part One Pack, which again is available on PC, PS3, and PS4. It's going to include a storyline featuring the New Gods of Apocalypse and New Genesis as well. As always. You will get brand new raids, alerts, and operations, plus a bunch of other DLC as well. And of course, like I said, it just extends the shelf life of a very, very solid game. So if you are playing DC Universe Online, make sure to check out that brand new DLC, The Power. Um, It is Halls of Power Part 1. 
All right, so that wraps up the gaming news for this week. It was a pretty light week gaming-wise, but hopefully that should be picking up in the coming weeks. As always, uh, for all your latest gaming news, make sure to check out MyTakeRadio.com or check us out on YouTube, MyTakeRadio. It's MyTakeRadioTV on YouTube. Uh, Brand new reviews, playthroughs, you name it. We try to put it on there, so be on the lookout for that. Plus, also, if you are a Daily Motion fan, my take radios on Daily Motion, and we will be sharing gameplay footage there as well. All right. So with that said, we're heading right into entertainment, and we are going to sprint to the finish to wrap up this show for this week. Let's get right to it. My Tech Radio's entertainment segment is brought to you by our friends at SuperheroStuff.com. Use the promo code RADIO15, which is good, on 15% off your total order on the site throughout the month of July. Again, RADIO15 is the promo code. If you want to look for it on the site, it will be in the show notes. Again, it's 15% off any order on SuperheroStuff.com. Anyway, let's get right into this week's entertainment news, of course, Uh, The injury that Harrison Ford sustained a couple of weeks back, which originally was thought to have been an ankle injury and turned out to be a broken leg, may, as as a matter, may sadly delay the release of Star Wars Episode 7. As of right now, it looks like um, the original scheduled release date may be in jeopardy due to this injury, given the fact that he will require at minimum eight weeks of recovery. And um, now they're saying that, the recovery may take as long as six months. So definitely a very, very interesting development with regards to Star Wars. I personally think that if it's delayed for, you know, to allow Harrison Ford to heal correctly, it's it's not the end of the world. There's plenty of movies hitting the box office. And it, while the, the premise, uh, the concept of a new Star Wars film is great, I'm not going to sacrifice the health of one of the main actors for the sake of getting the movie out in a timely fashion. Again, once the story develops a bit more, we will definitely share it with you guys. So, and this is a little crazy. I I went through a period growing up where I loved watching uh, Japanese uh, action movies, uh, Korean gangster films, uh, primarily because I worked in, in Flushing, which, you know, if you're a New York City resident or you live in Queens, you know, is a predominantly... Asian neighborhood. I'm sure that if Blaine is listening to this from Born Stubborn, he will appreciate that. But in any event, um, I went through a period where I picked up, you know, God of Gamblers, a lot of Kung Flu, uh, Kung Fu flicks, excuse me, Kung Flu, (laughs) a lot of Kung Fu flicks and just a lot of great um, just Asian action films, karate flicks, you name it. I was really into that. And I was at a point where I started getting into, you know, the Japanese horror films And I said to myself, oh, you know, can you guys recommend some good horror films? And one of my colleagues said, oh, you need to check out Audition. So Audition was based on a 1997 novel uh, written by Ryu Murakami and was later adapted to the film, which I ended up seeing, which was directed by Takashi Miike. Now, this particular film is probably a film that when you watch it at first glance is not that 
it's not that um it doesn't grab you right away but what happens is through the the three quarters of the film it just goes into really really bizarre disgusting and horrifying territory and it really trips you out so the concept is that there's a guy who um gets convinced by a filmmaker to hold fake auditions to find a new love interest after the death of his wife now this guy you know he's he he meets this girl who is a um she's a former ballerina and she has uh, or a former dancer i should say but that that's the concept they're going with for the american version of the film where it's you know this mysterious former ballerina has a mysterious past and it just gets into super bizarre territory but the thing about audition is that like i said three quarters of the way through the pacing is a little slow but when it finally picks up it is trademark takashi Mike. i cannot tell you guys enough definitely check it out i mean I remember I watched Audition. I watched a, a block of films. I watched Ichi the Killer, Audition. Um, what the hell was the other one that I watched? Audition, Ichi the Killer, and um, there was one other movie that was just super bizarre that I that I saw. Besides Ichi the Killer and Audition, oh, um, Versus. You know those those three films. I ended up watching them back to back because. They recommended them to me, and I was just like, wow, these are these are insane. And same thing with uh, The Ring, the Japanese version of The Ring, which is Ringu, uh, watching that as well. And I just went through that phase, and to hear that they're going to try and bring Audition now to an American audience, it, it's like you, wa- you hear that, and you ask yourself, is it going to be on par with what they did with Old Boy? Now, if you've seen... Uh, the original film, the original version of Old Boy, you know that this movie is just amazing. And then you see the interpretation by Spike Lee with, um, you know, with Brolin, with with Brolin, and you and you say to yourself, "Wow, this is just a complete departure from what they originally did with the previous film." So again, it's it's one of those things where, in theory, you would think that it would be very good, but it's it's something that concerns me because like i said the subject matter was extremely violent um definitely a bit on the gruesome side a bit on the gross side uh there's a scene involving some vomit which um again definitely do yourselves a favor if you haven't seen audition you can probably find it really cheap on amazon um you know you could you could probably pick it up for 10 15 dollars again if you need links for that i will make sure to try and link you to it in the show notes if you want to see the original version but yep it is making a run towards the big screen here in the states all right so let's talk box office totals of course as a shocker to absolutely no one transformers age of extinction was number one earning 100 million dollars to secure itself the number one slot of course this film has not been met with the most positive of responses but I enjoyed it for what it was. If you want to know what I enjoyed and what I didn't, do yourselves a favor. Make sure to check out my review on MyTakeRadio.com, and you can see it for yourselves. 22 Jump Street took the number two slot. How to Train Your Dragon Part 2 took the number three spot. Think Like a Man took number four. Maleficent took number five, bringing its grand total to $201.9 million. Jersey Boys took number six. Edge of Tomorrow took seven. The Fault in Our Stars took eight. X-Men Days of Future Past took number nine and Chef rounded things out in the number 10 slot. So 
there you have it. Definitely a good time at the box office for uh, Michael Bay's Transformers. And again, if you want to know what I liked or disliked, make sure to check out the review on MyTakeRadio.com because I open up the can of worms to discuss this film. We will be talking about it till 5 o'clock in the morning, and that's not something we want to do. So there you have it. Make sure to check that out. In some small screen news, it looks like we got some new casting additions to the Arrow TV series, which, of course, continues to improve season after season. Uh, The latest casting announcement is Devin Aoki, who will be joining as the character Tatsu Yamashiro. Now, if you are a seasoned DC Comics reader, you will know that uh, Tatsu Yamashiro becomes Katana, of course, a Japanese martial arts expert who uses a sword as her primary weapon, of course. Her character will be one of Oliver Queen's mentors in the flashbacks that will follow Green Arrow in the upcoming season. In addition to that, Carl Yoon, who you may have seen in Real Steel or Speed Racer, will also be joining the series as Maseo Yamashiro, husband to Tatsu Yamashiro, and and he will be playing Oliver's handler in season three of Green Arrow. So again, um, definitely very cool that they're going into this territory with Uh, characters from, you know, like I said, the outsiders and the suicide squad, uh, arrows definitely shaping up to, to bring a lot of great obscure and secondary and even tertiary characters to the big screen. So, uh, excuse me to the small screen. So definitely kudos to them. And of course it wouldn't be a, an MTR show without some Marvel news. And this involves guardians of the galaxy, which if you are very, very interested in seeing it, You can see a 17-minute preview on July 7th, which will be offered at one of the many IMAX theaters, Um, and the preview is going to be at 7 p.m. Again, it's in uh, IMAX 3D theaters nationwide, and it's called uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, an IMAX 3D first look. So if you are interested in finding a theater in your area to see that, You can look it up online or I will try and get the information and share it on the fan page. So there you have it. One thing I I wanted to talk about a little bit, and this is something that picked up a a lot of steam um, as as the week progressed. Obviously, the big one being the latest picture of of Henry Cavill as Superman for Batman versus Superman uh, Dawn of Justice, which looked very promising. But an, an interesting rumor came out. Excuse me. With regards to that, uh, stating that we're going to see a lot of, of, of other characters on the big screen besides all the heroes. We're going to see some signature villains or and some names that we may re- recognize, including Victor Zaz, who they're saying we, we will be seeing. Also, the assassin David Kane, who some of you guys may know as the father to one Cassandra Kane or the second Batgirl in the DC books. Also... Um, there's a rumor that we will be seeing Mercy Graves, who is the bodyguard for Lex Luthor. We'll be seeing her on the big screen. And, of course, Amanda Waller as well. So, again, there's a, there's a lot of characters that, um, you know, even though they're not the big characters that a lot of people want to see on the big screen, they are characters that are important to the mythology in one way or another. So, again, take this for as a rumor right now, but Latino Review's been having a pretty good track record as of late. So, Those are some of the characters that you can expect to see on the big screen as well. In addition to that, I will say, and this is something that I'm really looking forward to seeing, um, if rumors are to be believed, 
everybody is saying that the costumes for Superman, Batman, Dawn of Justice will definitely do the characters justice. Again, don't take my word for it. Of course, Superman looked very impressive. Uh, For those of you that want to see what the picture looks like, you can head over to our Facebook fan page and check it out. Again, once we learn more, we will share it with you guys. And of course, once more pictures are leaked out, you can find them on our Facebook fan page or even on MyTakeRadio.com. All right, so with that, that actually is going to wrap up this week's show. We kind of had to sprint to the finish, given that the temperature in this room is now at 92 degrees. So let's take it home, shall we? You've just heard My Take Radio episode 234 for Thursday, July 3rd, 2014. If you're interested in being a guest on a future episode of My Take Radio or have any feedback, questions, or concerns, you can email me at mtrhost at mytakeradio.com. If you're interested in advertising on My Take Radio, either on air or on the site, you can also use that email as well or the contact us form on MyTakeRadio.com. Now, if you want to keep up with us on social media, you can follow us on Twitter at MyTakeRadio. You can also find me on Instagram, MyTakeRadio underscore Rich, if you're into that, because uh, some people, they like Facebook more than Instagram. So again, whatever you wish. And of course, you can visit our Facebook fan page, which is facebook.com forward slash my take radio last but not least you can get all the episodes of mtr well the video versions i should say plus other content via our youtube channel it's youtube.com forward slash my take radio tv otherwise you can pick up the official my take radio app for a dollar 99 it gives you complete access to my take radio content including 96k stereo episodes of the shows plus other exclusive content for app owners again For Android devices, you're going to go to the Amazon Android Marketplace for iOS. You will be heading to iTunes. And for Windows Mobile or Windows 8, you will be heading to the Windows Marketplace. If you're in the wastelands of Google+, which I actually have come to use a lot as of late, you can also add MyTake Radio to a circle there. Now, with regards to uh, MyTake Radio in a podcast format, you can find us on Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Zoom Marketplace, iTunes, and a host of other podcast providers. Again, Stitcher, to uh, iTunes, Zune Marketplace, and TuneIn Radio. And of course, you can watch video reruns on the GFQ Network, gfqlive.tv. All right, guys, I am going to catch you guys next week. Let's get ourselves some outro music. Um, it is officially July 4th here in the States, and it is also my sister's birthday. So happy birthday, Erica. Your big brother loves you. I will catch you guys next week. As always, thanks to Jay and the rest of the MTR team for all their continued work. Next week, MTR 235, the five-year anniversary episode. Thanks again. See you guys next week. Peace. I'm rich, bitch. All right, outro music for this week. I think we're going to give a... Uh, you know what? I think we're going to go out with our friends from OC Remix. Yeah, I think our friends from OC Remix need some love this week, especially after last week's layoff. And I feel that we're going to go with a little bit of Sonic the Hedgehog 2's Disjointed Chemical by Air 3S. You can find that at ocremix.org. The letter O, the letter C, remix.org. Thanks for listening, guys.